1: Welcome to another exciting episode of The Comic Book Chronicles. Uh, This is The Comic Book Chronicles, and uh, I am your host, RyderCat, and you can find me at RyderCat on Twitter. You can find me at Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBcaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effect you have heard come from another other than our man in Brooklyn, one Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram.
0: What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn.
1: At? Uh, shield let him home for the holidays, so he's out in Chinatown, Chin- Chinatown instead of a, a shield bunker. There it is <laughs> this time. Uh, you could find this here podcast on your podcast, for, or excuse me, you can find this, uh, this podcast on the Coast of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You could also find us on your podcast, Prozal Place of Choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page.
0: Make sure to hit like and subscribe and to hit the notification bell. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Um, well folks, this is going well no, this is going to be the next to the last uh show of the year for us. Uh this is we're recording this the day before the day before <laughs> the day before the day before Christmas. the Righto. And uh we are happily going to start the show off, bringing you the finale, the a recap of uh the finale of Hawkeye series on Disney Plus.
0: Right, we're going to presume that Roddy Cat still has not yet watched Spider-Man No Way Home, so we're going to have to table that discussion for just a little while longer, folks.
1: That's a good Uh,
0: presumption. So we are going to talk about Hawkeye Episode 6. Here's our rundown, bro. Bro. So we get to the finale, and the finale really kicks off basically where we... uh, where we leave episode five, which is uh, catching up on Eleanor Bishop and her relationship with, and here comes the big, bad spoiler bell, just in case you are not yet caught up on Hawkeye, episodes, specifically episodes five and six. So here comes the spoiler bell in three, two, one, spoilers for Hawkeye incoming. So tune ahead for you know maybe 10-15 minutes to make sure you miss out on these spoilers. You don't catch any shrapnel from these spoilers. So, as we said before, we're picking up right where episode five left off in the big reveal in episode five, which is that the Kingpin is somehow working with or 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 in uh, collaboration with one Eleanor Bishop. Kate Bishop's mom, and we find out that a lot of this stuff happened or came about as the result of Derek Bishop dying in the Battle of New York as a bystander. And Eleanor Bishop basically uh, finds herself in debt uh, because, and that debt is owed to none other than Wilson Fisk, the kingpin of crime. Mm-hmm. And the way to pay it off is that uh, Eleanor Bishop has had to work alongside him for all these years, and so through these through the years, Eleanor has done basically what Fisk, what uh, Wilson Fisk has asked, including but not limited to uh, what happened to Armand Duquesne earlier in this series, as well as uh, some shady stuff that That definitely didn't have any connection to one Jack Duquesne, who we know as the swordsman but is not the swordsman in the MCU as of yet
1: although although as we've kind of found out uh, later in the episode,
0: he gets on in exactly exactly, so while uh, Eleanor was basically meeting with Fisk under a uh, cloak of secrecy, our Latest Black Widow, Yelena Belova, was able to get a recording of the meeting leaked out to Kate Bishop, and uh, basically uh, everything starts to go south for Eleanor Bishop's uh, arrangement with the Kingpin at this point.
1: hmm Which I guess lends some, lend some curiosity as to why she did this. Like, yeah, at the end of their meeting last, last you know, last, uh, last episode, um, you know, they they met or at least, the, you know, Kate and Eleanor met. I mean, excuse me, uh, Kate and uh, Yelena met and they had talked and, you know, some macaroni and cheese and, you know, trying to talk to each other out of uh, siding with whatever side they were with or what they were on. And it didn't seem like at the conclusion of that. And even coming into this, that Yelena was changing her mind about Clint, uh, killing, killing Clint. So,
0: All Right. Oh, you want to pick it up from there?
1: Sure. So shout out to Sarayu. What's going on, lady? It's been a minute. Um, so yeah. So Elena's got some got got the goods on her mom. This upsets Kate. Kate's and Clint's trying to um basically trying to um trying to calm her down because Kate's like, I gotta go to her did another. and and then Kate's I mean, uh Clint's kinda like, you know, hey, you know, things are bad and this and that other, but you know, you gotta you got to be here for this, uh, and then I think this is when it cuts to Maya, who ends up talking to uh, Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin, uh, Uncle Uncle, I guess, is because uh, they never did brought that bring back that up, but we know who that's who that was, and obviously she has now knowledge of the fact that, uh, or at least gets the sense that you know it was him that had her dad killed, which again straight out of comics. Um, and she's talking to she's talking to her, i uh, talking to 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 him and Kazi, who happens to be there. And apparently, just basically says that uh, she's she's gonna stop, you know, what she's been doing because you know, obviously, he found found out what she's been running around trying to find Ronan. Uh, and she's saying she's gonna stop, and he's like, you know what, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, he, uh, Kingpin's been Kingpin. She says she's gonna stop. She needs a couple of days off, but this. Pretty much alerts him to knowing that you know she's turned. So she, he basically goes to Kazian's, like turns to Kazium's like, hey, "What are we gonna do about this?" So Kazian's got to take care of Maya. Um, which, by the way, Maya was looking pretty good when she let her head down a little later on. But we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: talk about that when we get there.
0: Um... We, there's another hairstyle i'd like to talk about uh again later on in the episode but we're moving on oh
1: you're talking about elena's yeah oh um, yeah mm-hmm. yes yes yeah yes, that too uh so yeah so obviously like that fisk is aware everybody is aware uh, you know on the other side of that so she kind of goes off um um and Kazi kind of brings up the whole eleanor thing and like i said basically i mean not Kazi, Um. Kingpin kind of brings up the Eleanor thing, so he and Kazi have to go take care of all of this, basically. Um, And then we cut back to Clint, uh, who's, I think, still talking to Kate, and they basically was like, hey, you know, some shit's about to go down. We're going to have to, uh, you know, now that Kingpin is aware of it, he's going to react. So. uh, and Kate's like, basically, hey, you got, you can go home, this is my mess, you know, and trying to be like what Clint did a, a couple of episodes ago. And Clint's like, nope, you're my partner, your mess is my mess, we're going to take care of this, let's get to work. And I believe, I can't remember if this is where he brings out the fact that it was like uh, the, the, two, the, the way too dangerous arrows, uh, the part. Right. Yeah. So we come to find out that uh, Clint, I mean, that Kate finally finds out that not only can Clint get more arrows, but he's making them, which again, comic accurate because you know, we know he can make some of those as long as he's got the right equipment. So the two kind of make to make it a whole bunch of trick arrows, um, um, you know, to to go into the fight. And apparently, somewhere in there, they get to um, they they talk about the uh, the affair that they're going through, which is at Rockefeller Center. They um, they basically say uh, um, it's a dress affair, and I guess they're somewhere part. But before that happens, they get some backup, as we will find out in a little bit. Uh, and then they end up uh, going to this uh, to, to this fair. They kind of scope out the holiday party. Uh, Clint tries to see uh, what kind of um, peripheral vision that Kate has uh, by trying to scope out, you know, who's all at the party. That that's a threat in and in uh, an asset. And then we see some familiar folks, uh, the Larpers, <laughs> placed around uh, the 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 area and know, uh, and some dude Kate knew from an from old job or whatever the case may be and Yelena shows up um, and Kazi also sets up across the way with a sniper rifle as he tends to do uh, let's see Kate and Clint go around looking for Kate's mom who hadn't showed up until like right after Yelena shows up I guess um, or somewhere around about there they end up uh, Kate ends up co- pulling her mom to the side and then Things start popping off. Kazi starts taking shots at Clint, um, and the 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 larpers, the, the first the responders, try to you know get everybody out of there. And just starts popping off. Oh, Jack is right. also there, I believe. Yes. Uh, with a sword. Now I don't know why they let him in with a sword. That was the... a <laughs>
0: well, it's a private holiday party. I guess so. With you know he's with the uh, the company, so that's nice. how he gets the sword.
1: I guess so. Um, So, yeah, like I said, things are popping off. Everybody's all scattering. Um, Kate kind of goes to to help out uh, Clint, who's uh, trying to divert uh, Kazi away from everybody while, you know, people are getting getting
0: ushered out real real fast. Right. And And at this point, right, at this point, Kate spots Yelena. Mm-hmm. and follows her to the elevators because, as Roddy Cat just mentioned, Clint is moving to try to get a better shot at Kazi as well as uh, trying to divert uh, the attention away from the partygoers. goers And, um, you know, basically, Clint, you know, had, had gotten into an elevator <laughs> and Yelena goes to follow and Kate pursues... And there's just some great witty banter between these two. The chemistry between these two is incredible. And I'm looking forward to them being cast together in more things going forward. And uh, Kate does some of the best. Now, this is some of this stuff is so very, very New York because that's where, you know, there's so many offices with elevators. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure in other metropolitan areas, other cities, other office buildings that require elevator travel. You have seen people do that insanity, and it drives me nuts. What I'm referring to is, and this is just a mild, mild spoiler, hitting buttons for floors you don't intend to get off on. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. I was crying laughing, crying. And and, and a lot of it just comes from, like I said, the, 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 the connection mm-hmm. and the band between Yelena and Kate Bishop. Um and, and, and what's funny is that I I have to say that um uh I believe it was the, the Ringerverse that made a joke about how all the, the Russian characters in the show have to call Kate Bishop Kate Bishop as opposed to Kate. Right. So so uh but uh but but getting back to getting back to the story uh, Yelena and Kate Bishop uh, have some <laughs> have some uh, have a great um, uh, uh, a battle through one of the floors of Thirty Rockefeller Center. We didn't mention this. The party's at Thirty Rockefeller Center.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think we did, uh, but yeah, it was just a lot of fun. But either it's best to yeah, eat, you know. Right.
0: So, so this is a, a central this is a central location in Manhattan. It's also a big tourist attraction uh you know it's where saturday saturday night live is based as well as many nbc studios mm-hmm. and um we follow we have a, a great tracking shot of yelena and kate uh fighting across uh an entire office floor in mm-hmm. 30 rockefeller center it's phenomenal yeah, and they great. even get to a point where they're trading uh compliments to each other because at one point um Yelena takes a hit with, I think, a bolo to her hand, and she says, ow, that really hurts. Yeah,
1: I was like, well, yeah, well, that's for the, the kick to the stomach. <laughs> right, right,
0: like, You're right, right, You're right. Mm. And, and one of the best lines, one of the best lines in this show is from Kate. When she says, stop making me like you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, right. and Yelena's like, hey, I can't help it. <laughs>
0: All right. And so at that point, Yelena takes, a, takes a, a leap outside of the window, but she is uh, anchored onto the floor in, um, uh, inside. And so she's abseiling down the building where uh, Yelena tries to take a shot at Hawkeye, but misses
1: which is also kind of funny because I was like, you know, if Kate really wanted to end this, all she had to do was cut that rope. But I, I know she didn't want to kill, you know, she, she was right.
0: trying to. And something like that would have killed Yelena anyway, because she would have just had a backup
1: Exactly. You
0: know, she's wearing a widow. She's got like widow's lions all over her body. Right. Right. So, at this, right. So at this point, Kate decides to do one of the more foolhardy things we've seen her do, <laughs> which is to try to mimic what Yelena does, but with her own gear, and basically, narrowly avoids dying right. going down the side of Thirty Rockefeller Center, and almost
1: and does. That, a, and almost does a superhero landing. Almost,
0: almost. Well, she's going too fast. That's right. the point. She's she's struggling her way down, but she does make it in one piece. And at that point, she sees uh, Trust the Bro truck pull up, with tracksuits inside. Right. Uh, at this point, though, we get. A nice little surprise and just before i hand this off to rodcat i'll leave you with the surprise all of a sudden jack duquesne comes in and taking the sword that he's still carrying from when he's inside the party helps to fight the bros off mm-hmm. so we
1: do so do we do get a little bit of man? we don't get the connection to hawk as to either well to clint barton Haw- or hawkeye but you know hey we get. you kind of figure that we're going to get a little bit of that in at some point you know so yeah, now here's where everything starts to pop off in 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 full because you see, as uh, Agent Seven said, uh, the the trust the bro truck bunch of tracksuit suit uh, mafia comes out. We start seeing bunches and bunches of them. Like I told uh, uh, Agent Seven before the show, like it feels like that uh, like that Agent Smith fight from uh, the Matrix uh, Matrix Revolutions or whatever the second movie was. Like just just tracksuit mafia starts reloaded. coming from everywhere. Yeah, reloaded.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah,
1: reloaded. Yeah so i'm sitting here like was like where, where did these jokers juk- come from they're just like all over the place but you know kate's fighting off a few, uh, a bunch of them like the so jack to comes in uh clint um uh clint tries to come tries to help out a little bit um well tries to help out because he's still you know, on the 12th floor but yelena i believe this is when uh, yelena t- attacks him if i'm not mistaken.
0: No, 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 no. No, no, we that's used...
1: later, that's later. Yeah, so yeah, so, yeah. so, they're down on the, so, yeah, so he comes down after he gets stuck in a tree, and here is the part that I know. Oh, ages...
0: you, have to, you have to go back just a bit. Okay. So at this point, there's a bit with, because uh, I'm following the uh, the, the, the Marvel. Yeah, uh, I got it up right here. Right, So, so you can actually pick it up from, that was fun, bro.
1: Right, 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 right. So yeah, Clint's in... The, well, yeah, that's kind of where I was, but yeah, I, I was a little ahead of it. Um, so, yes, right. Oh, right. I forgot about this part. You're right. I should have read this part. Uh, so, Clint's still in the building. There's some tracksuit mafia in there after him. He has a fight with Kazi, um, right. and uh, which didn't last that long. And and of course, we didn't get that one scene. Uh, the one scene from the comic book that we, you know. We weren't going to see that anyway, because as folks know, Kazi was the clown, or may or may not know from the comic books, Kazi was the clown, but we don't necessarily get that, but we do get the thing. Regardless, they fight for a little bit. Clint wins. Um, um uh, Kazi's like, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Clint, after, after the fight is over, is like, you're right, because Kazi was like, uh, yeah, this was fun. And, and Clint was like, you're right, this was fun, and just kind of walks off. After he, mm-hmm. after he knocks him out, or actually knocks him out, he kind of does a, I guess that's a wrestler move. I can't remember what it is. Um,
0: but, it was a suplex, thing. Thank you. He suplexes him right into the floor. Right.
1: So after that, more tracksuits uh, come through, chasing, chasing uh, Clint through the floor, through, throughout the rest of the floor. He jumps out the window and into the Rockefeller Center tree.
0: Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> oy, oy. and this is where it gets really crazy go on
1: yes and this is where i know because you mentioned it before the show this is where agent 70 i don't know any new yorkers uh worth their salt would have an issue uh kate in trying to help clint get down takes down the tree by a, a well-placed uh acid arrow a couple of well-placed acid arrow, well excuse me an acid arrow plus um taking down the support for the tree. The tree falls over with, with uh with Clint
0: in it. Onto the ice rink. Yes, onto Ryan. the
1: ice rink. Um and um and this is this is probably my second favorite part outside of the the K E Elena thing is when we see both Hawkeyes just, just taking down tracksuit mafia with, with uh with arrows left and right and it was so great. Um I will probably watch this again actually probably later on. It was
0: a lot, was a lot of fun. I yeah. definitely Definitely enjoyed this because, you know, one of the things that that, that Kate says, um, you know, and and, and it it basically reminds us that Hawkeye is probably the bravest of all the Avengers because he's literally a guy with a stick
1: and string.
0: A a stick and string, as
1: Kate says earlier. Exactly.
0: Right. And, you know, I I was paraphrasing there, but that's essentially what uh, that's essentially why Kate really looks up to Hawkeye Hmm. and reminded here that, you know, talented archers, obviously, with some serious high-tech weaponry can really do a lot of damage against, you know, superior numbers with automatic weapons. Right. Not enough net arrows, though. Right. So they they find lots of ways to help disarm and take down, sometimes with slightly more graphic violence than we're used to seeing in the comics yeah slight yeah 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 slightly but in the in the but 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 ultimately as as righty cat said we get a great sequence here where both hawkeyes or at least kate bishop and clint barton at this point are uh basically back to back and they are uh covering each other while they are taking out tracksuit mafia guys left and right
1: Mm -hmm. including one pretty good um now well this part I kind of took not necessarily just a, a, a issue with, but it's something that kind of just was like that's not how we w- would have done that. But so, uh, backing up a second, when they were making the arrows, they basically labeled the arrows, like actual labels. Hawkeye definitely does have a, a way to label his arrows, from what I know, for what I've seen. But it's pretty much by feel and not by actual labels on the thing. So it was kind of funny to see to see that happening. But cut to this. Perfect
0: was using a label maker exactly. which was an old school label maker too exactly. not one of the new ones that has like a paper like label on it mm. this is like actual like click and punch uh label maker which was hysterical that was right. a great time
1: i was like that's that's kind of funny but at the same time I'm like all right sure it works so the cut to the cut back to the to the to the to the scene of the fight um where like I said, they were kind of um uh fighting with each other clint I think probably before, right before this gives like half his arrow, half his trick arrows to her and then the fight continues. But then, uh, like at the end of this one scene, Kate takes, uh, take this one arrow from Clint's, um, from Clint's quiver and, and, and shoots us, shoots this, uh, <laughs> truck, shoots this, uh, rind- uh trust a bro truck with a, uh, uh, a pin particle arrow. Right, the trust of right, right.
0: Trust, bro truck. Hold that thought. The trust of bro truck is being driven by some tracksuit guys to try to drive onto the Rockefeller Center uh, skating rink and run down the Hawkeyes. Right. And uh, Roddy Cat will take it from there.
1: Yeah, like I said, um, Clint takes it. I mean, excuse me, uh, Kate takes the arrow from Clint. It's, it turns out to be the pin product arrow, shoots the truck, and it turns into a little toy, toy truck. <laughs> and we come to find out that um, we're like well what happens to it now because Kate, Kate asked Clint like, I don't know I gotta ask Scott about that so we clearly know he's been getting his pimp out from Scott, Scott Um, and then which was oh, this part was kind of funny also and owl just comes in swoops up the truck and takes it away <laughs> And I was, I know I was kind of half expecting, because I know sometimes that the particles were like wear off or something, but I know not without an introduction of other particles, so I'm pretty sure that <laughs> that thing's just gone.
0: <laughs> they're dead. Yeah, That's what's I, important. Yeah, they're, they're pretty
1: dead. much, they're pretty much
0: dead. So,
1: sure.
0: um, that owl, uh, 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 funnily enough, uh, that owl was also, uh, a companion of Clint while he was up in yes. the Rockefeller Christmas tree. So, you know, it does come full circle with the owl.
1: That is true. Yeah, it was a little baby. Not a necessarily a baby owl, but it was a smaller, I guess a smaller owl, whatever, but it was a little arrow on it and Clem's like, Hey, hey, buddy, how you doing? And it's like, whatever. So yeah, so cut back um to Maya. Um, back at her apartment. She grabs some stuff, she packs a bag, she she seemingly leaves and grabs a p uh, um a picture of her dad and Kazi together. And I guess from this, she decides to uh, join the join the fray. Um, she comes up uh, on a motorcycle and clips a couple of uh, clips, a couple of uh, tracksuit mafia, and starts to fight with uh, Kazi. But which ends short because uh, I think she basically took the arrow that he had taken to fight her off, and then just him with it. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much was that for 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 Kazi. Uh, after them saying basically, um, you know, she said that she, this was, uh, you know, she said she wanted to leave the life and wanted to go with her. And Kazi was like, no, this is, this is, it was not about me. I mean, it wasn't about you, it was about me. And then they fought, and then the, that's when the stabbing happened and uh, he dies, presumably. And this is when Kazi says, leave, he's coming for you, which, we, which is the kingpin who, um, finds Eleanor, who uh, was trying to get into her car, rips the door off unnecessarily. <laughs> but we know the kingpin is strong and tries to get um, Eleanor out of the car. But Kate comes along, tries to fight off the kingpin.
0: they are like, that's ballsy. <laughs> mm. But she doesn't know what she's getting into. Exactly. That's the bottom line. She has no idea. The audience knows. And this is a little bit of a sticking point because if you are not familiar with the Netflix Daredevil show... You have no idea who this is. So it's a little tough for someone who has only done MCU stuff to come into this and recognize what who the kingpin is, who the actor is, and what the kingpin can do. That's just, you know, it, it's kind of a, a, a weird step for the MCU to take because you right. haven't really been introduced to the kingpin properly. And we're just sort of catching up with the character on the fly. So right. uh, for those... You know, let's say kids who are watching this, you know, like kids that grew up with us, but d- weren't as maybe old enough to watch the Netflix shows when they were coming out. They're going to be a little bit at a loss and as well as people who just stuck to the MCU stuff and didn't venture into Netflix land. Right. So, which, is,
1: which is 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 still a weird thing to say, in it wasn't that long ago. But yeah, you are right about that. Cause right. There are some kids coming along who are just kind of pretty much real fresh to this whole thing.
0: Right, and it's all Disney Plus all the time. Like, right. if it's not on Disney Plus, they won't know about it. Right. So, at the end of the day, uh, I'll, I'll hand it back to Rodcat to recap this crazy fight between <laughs> Kate between Kate Bishop and the Kingpin. Go ahead.
1: So, yeah. So, like I said, Kate uh, kind of squares off uh, with with uh, the Kingpin. And, as I should have said, doesn't really know too much about him. And he kind of kind of inches closer. She shoots him point blank with a, in the chest with an arrow. He's just of like, ha, <laughs> you know. Didn't take that now, mind you. Didn't take the arrow out the the way you would think you would. He just like chops it chops it off. So he still had a piece of it in him. Doesn't matter. It's a kingpin. He's got layers. Um, <laughs> and she,
0: <laughs> he's like an onion. I'm yes,
1: basically. Very um, Exactly. So I think this is when he pretty much. Um. So he's he's a Kingpin. So he's really strong. If, if folks did not know, Kate tries to punch and kick him. He's like, eh, whatever. Throws him to the, the building, which apparently was a co- toy store or something. Um,
0: doesn't get thrown. That's Eleanor Bishop running into him with the car that she was trying to get away in.
1: But I thought she. Well, that is true. Yeah, that does happen. That's right. Because they, they were still on the street. Um, mm-hmm. and but it does. So yeah, Kate's not Kate's not having a good time regardless of this. Uh and she kind of gets tossed about regardless of whether it was in the building or not. Like it uh it just said Eleanor kind of runs runs uh the kingpin into the building and the fight can can kind of consume uh, continues there, but not for that long. Uh Kate's still trying to trying to kick and punch him, and he's like just tossing around. Um at some point, he ends up uh grabbing her arrows. Breaks them in half and they're all on the floor, which it sets pretty much sets up how he gets take, taken down, um, you know, so continue this fight until Kate goes back and does the, the, the flicking the coin thing trip, which with one of his cufflinks sets off one of the arrows, which sets out all the other ones that are laying on the ground and basically takes down, uh, not out, but takes down the kingpin, pretty much knocks him out.
0: Right, so I'm going to ask Cats to pause here just for me to interject and say, I'm going to look at my cufflinks in a very different way from that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm
1: like, I do I? Fa- huh? listen.
0: Huh? I do favor. I do favor French link, uh, French cuff shirts, and cufflinks. Mm-hmm. I, I really do prefer wearing them, even though sometimes they do get snagged on things when you're, you know, passing by or whatever. Especially if you're not wearing your jacket. You know when you're walking past something, but I will say that uh, I'm going to look at my cufflinks very differently from now on. <laughs> There's a couple of cufflinks that like are that you could kind of some sometimes naturally feel might be like little thrown weapons, Right. like star shaped ones, um, or or even the square ones, like the like the one that I think that uh, that Kate used in this case. Right, but, which was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking at my cufflinks a little bit differently from now on. Go ahead, take it away. <laughs> it's like,
1: hmm, like, well, how can I use this as a weapon? I was like, okay. Oh yeah, no,
0: like, oh, oh, so, 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 um, oh, who am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of? There is, I don't know if it's a meme or if it's something on video where um, uh, you'll see someone as they're getting ready to to, to tussle adjust their cufflinks. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, that'll be me just kind of, just kind of checking, you know, to see mm-hmm. what the links are uh, <laughs> now on just in case I need to like do a, you know, do a flick or something. Yeah. Uh I mean, sure. obviously,
1: there are like James Bond type cufflinks or whatever, just like might got a garage or something, and you know that there's there, there's that kind of stuff that could be, you know, that could be the case. But yeah, just naturally as as they are, you you, you now have options. Yes,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> All right, so so back to this, so we can go ahead and uh, finish this off. Uh, we cut back to well after after Kate takes down the kingpin. Joe Chico- checks on her mom. Uh, and they talk uh, about you know things needing to be done, and the cops then come and arrest um, Eleanor after they at the pretty much at the end of their talk. Um, and it's the, the, one of the two detectives that we've seen in the the. Um, uh, actually, I think it's the same direct, the detective that we saw um, uh, take away Jack uh, uh, previously. So, and right, for the, the officer, and it's for uh, the murder I... of Armand and, and other stuff.
0: I think it's the officer that was looking to interview Kate Bishop earlier Correct. in the yep series. So mm-hmm.
1: yeah,
0: that was a bit of a rough look to see Kate uh turn in her mom uh to the authorities. It was just a little bit, you know, a, you know, like we all understand right. why, but it was still a rough look. Yeah. So so as we transition back to the action, mm-hmm. we have uh, Yelena jumping down you know getting down to the ice rink and taking on Clint so Yelena's mission is still to kill Barton and they're going back and forth across the skating rink um, you know and, and it's a it's a fairly evenly pitched battle they both uh, get the upper hand at, at some points Clint is obviously Trying to reason with Yelena throughout this, and trying to explain how we've gotten to this point, and how that, he, and 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 without exactly laying out what happened on Bormir and what the infin, what the in-game mission was, mm-hmm. uh, he basically says, you know, he tried, and um, you know, he tried, and uh, you know, she, uh, you know, she just got the better of him. At one point, Clint goes down, and Yelena pulls her gun. And Clint's back is to her, and his last trick arrow, you know, uh, 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 and I say this uh, um, in a very uh, analogous way. His last trick is to pull out the whistle that we last heard in Black Widow. Mm -hmm. So you absolutely positively needed to have watched Black Widow before the scene,
1: because that's...
0: is when you recognize what is happening. Exactly. And this
1: is a uh, deception, uh, but this um, this is where it ended up being a heartbreaker uh, mm-hmm. at this point. Because obviously Yelena recognizes the whistle and she asks Clint, you know, how does he how does he know about it and then go ahead and continue.
0: Right. So at this point Yelena stops and says, you know, how you know uh, how do you know that basically? And how do you a, know that name? <laughs> but, yeah, this is not no, this is not a Martha no, moment. No, this is not. It is not a Martha moment. Not at all. Ah. But I did think about that
1: when, when when she said that. I was like, no, don't turn this into that, please. <laughs> no, no, no. This
0: is definitely not a Martha moment. What it is though is, you know, it's a cue to kind of signal that uh, that that Clint was a lot closer and his friendship was a lot deeper with Natasha. Than Yelena, you know, suspected or had suspected or had information on, and Clint basically says that uh, Natasha talked to uh, talked to him about Yelena all the time, and that uh, Natasha loved her and always wanted her safe, and that's why that's essentially uh, the explanation as to why she did what she did, and basically um, uh, Yelena says that. Um, uh, you know, Yelena wishes that, uh, that that she could have been able to, to change Natasha's mind or Clint should have been able to stop her. Mm-hmm. But Clint reminds everybody, including Yelena, that it wouldn't have been of any use. It would not have been of any use because Natasha was better than, all, than, than both of them right. and that she made her choice. And it was her choice to, uh, you know, to, to, to take to make that sacrifice. And uh, acquire the, you know, and to help acquire the soul stone, which which goes unsaid.
1: Right. He basically he basically says, you know, your sister, she was going to do what she was going to do regardless.
0: Right. And she she understood that more deeply than anybody.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that doesn't make sense unless you've seen Black Widow. Right. So at that point, um, you know, they they the, they come to a truce. And Yelena helps Clint up and then disappears into the night. Um, I wanted him to give her a hug. Yeah, but Yelena's not that hug type. I know, just I know. not with not not just having come off this misinformation that she had received about Clint's role. So you know we'll, we'll see if it develops into something else. But uh, you can pick up from here.
1: So yeah, so like like uh, I just want to say she picks up, she helps uh, Clint get up. He, she goes her own, she goes her way. Um, you were, well, wanted to say something about her hairstyle, by the way.
0: Oh, no, I was going to mention that at the end. Okay. But, so, uh, so we can go on.
1: Okay. So, yeah, so we come to find out that the Kingpin is uh, has, uh, awake again, uh, having survived uh, Kate's, uh, you know, trick arrow assault, basically. Uh, he kind of limps away from the toy store and um uh runs into Maya, uh, who has um why well, at this point well, I actually just think she had it already who's let her hair down, uh actually looking kind of good, by the way. Um who confronts the, the uh the the king, kingpin and uh, he basically you know says that uh he's well, he basically says he's happy to see her, but he also knows what's done. He just talks about family, um, and, and all that stuff. And the last thing we hear yeah, him—he's an
0: oversized Ben Diesel or Dom <laughs> Toretto, exactly. Uh, and the last thing we hear—that would be as... funny if they had cast D'Onofrio in, with his bald head as the father That's... in Fast and the Furious. That would have been.
1: Yeah, that would have been pretty good. <laughs> totally, <laughs> would, have been, yeah. would have been definitely closer than what they what they did end up getting. But
0: you know, right? What a what a what what a missed opportunity. <laughs> All right, always because, the next one. Oh, yeah, they still they they still could have made the mother of darker skin so that uh, exactly. you know they would have like a mixed heritage to kind of uh, play off of Dom and and Mia being of darker skin. So
1: yeah, I still think that would have, the, the, but that still wouldn't have played right because <laughs> it was like. <laughs> Like that kid did not look nothing like, but you know the the the, the kid Dom and, and the other kid was like well, that. They don't even look nowhere near. But regardless, that's a whole other thing. We're <laughs> talking about it at some other show. Uh, back to this. <laughs> so Maya slowly pulls a gun on the uh, on the kingpin as he's talking, uh, and the last thing we hear uh, him say is like, "Sometimes family doesn't see eye to eye." And then the the shot goes up and away from them, and we hear a gunshot. Uh, so that could be anything. She could have shot him. She could have shot up in air. You know, this could be something they'll more than likely bring back up on her, uh, Disney plus show when that happens next year. Right. So the Kingpin's probably still alive. We don't know, but even if he did get shot, honestly, he's, and again, this is, was pulled from, uh, the comic book, uh, That whole scene, well, not the whole scene, but basically that that last pit was uh, was pulled from the comic books directly. So they've been doing a lot with that. Uh, So closing this out.
0: Go ahead. I'll I'll tell you that uh, it's actually from late '90s, Mm -hmm. Daredevil number fifteen. Okay. This is during. This is during. Um, this is immediately after Kevin Smith's run on Daredevil. And I think this is uh, uh, an issue by David Mack. But, uh, yeah, it's written by David Mack and drawn by David Ross in 1998. 98! Oh, my God! Yeah. Oh, my gosh!
1: So, so folks yeah. who want to go check out that on, 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 on if you have so that, that issue, what's that?
0: No, I was going to say mild spoilers for that, uh, for what might happen if you read that issue.
1: Exactly. Which, you know, as you heard, well, it was a while ago, so... Right. Um but yeah, but closing this out, uh we cut back to Clint and Kate uh in the back of an uh in the back of an ambulance, you know, I guess uh, kind of resting while um uh, uh people are moving about first responses and trying to get cleaned up or whatever but no damage control sadly. But um uh Clint's talking about uh tries tries to do his best to talk about um finding someone that just makes you better. And he's you know getting all sentimental, and then he cuts to Missy did her thing on these suits, so, you know, basically it was like you know, and and Kate starts smiling, and they start you know, it kind of lightsen up the mood. Um, but Kate knows what he's trying to say, and says thank you. And um, oh, which I guess we didn't uh, we didn't mention uh, before that whole ice rink thing happened, or and doing we saw. When well, we saw Kate, uh, Kate's suit get revealed by uh, Yelena in the, the um, in the um, elevator. But then later right. on during the fight, uh, we find out that Clint had his own underneath. And uh, his comic, actor is, is basically the I guess the more current version of, of his suit. Um,
0: right. It's a yeah. It's it's a it's a modified version because yeah. um, they definitely covered his arms. And that's like a big, that's a big difference in right. the MCU right. where the only time he's ever really covered his arms was with the Ronin costume. Every other time, every other incarnation of Hawkeye has basically had him mostly sleeveless, but with the arm, the forearm guard that most archers wear on their off arm are drawing.
1: With the exception of that one armor suit he had, but that was just like kind of one off during one of his like miniseries. So yeah, because um, he had Ar- some kind of armors.
0: Ar- yeah. Oh, he's on MCU also?
1: No, no, I'm talking about in oh. the comics. He did have oh, one yeah. that was kind of full, almost full body, because I think he had gotten shot or something, so he wanted some armor. Like, was more armor-perfect protection on it. But I think that was, right. like, during a, you know, a mini series from, like, his second or third miniseries or something.
0: Right. Like, they definitely had, like, more full-sleeve Hawkeye costumes uh, in the comics. I'm um, right. specifically referring, though, to the MCU where we've normally seen him wearing just a vest. Right. And, like, maybe some, some stuff on his wrists, you know, to deal with the, being an archer. But um the bottom line here is that um uh you know we get uh, kind of like the, the the Al Powell and um <laughs> John uh, McClain and uh and uh Holly McLean meeting at the end of uh die hard and then we have um Argyle basically taking uh John McClain and Holly McLean away, where in this case Kate. Well, Clint basically takes um, Kate Kate. and Lucky off to the farm. Yes. So Kate gets to meet uh, the family. Exactly. So so basically, Clint does in fact make it home for Christmas,
1: Mm -hmm. Christmas Day to be exact. And Lucky, the pizza, aka Pizza Dog, gets his actual comic name uh, said out loud because they have not been saying it um, uh, this whole time. So you know. Clint gets, makes it home, gives kids his pregnant I mean, present give, give their presents. They they meet Kate. Kate meets uh, everybody and 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 uh Lucky and uh Lara, his wife, they meet and they hug and you know it's it's a good time. It's it's a good um it, it's a good scene, you know. Made it home for Christmas, uh, all that good stuff. But one last piece of business before it ends up going is that uh, Clint uh t- tells Kate to go out to the back with her to help him with something.
0: Oh, no. You missed out, oh, you missed out on the... On, on oh, the right.
1: Board. The watch. Yes, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, which I don't know. This part was like, okay, we we at this point, we would already figured this out. But um, Clint and Laura was talking and while Kate was uh, busy talking with the kids, Clint says, hey, here's what I found at a black market uh, auction. It was the watch. Uh, come to find out that presumably from this what gets said is Lara's his wife's watch and on the back of the watch uh is a shield logo with nineteen on it. So she must be agent. she must have been agent nineteen when she was uh uh under shield. Like we already knew she was SHIELD. Like it wasn't it was not hard to, to figure that part out.
0: Right. The kicker here the kicker here though is in the comic books, Agent 19 is in fact Bobby Morse, aka Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. The call sign when she was an agent of SHIELD. So it leaves it leaves us all thinking that um you know whether we're trying to all kind of figure out how agents of shield fits into any of this if it does at all and we know that kevin eige is want to you know strike agents of shield from the record basically mm-hmm. you know and we don't know if this is in fact the case here but that is what is heavily implied
1: right like i was i was i was like I was kind of bummed about that because, because like, knowing what you just said about about you know um, uh, Bobby's uh, agent uh, number and all that kind of mess, I'm sitting here like, okay, hmm. Now, granted, they could still kind of fudge and say, well, she was a mockingbird, not the mockingbird, and that kind of thing. But yeah, the implications here are kind of still out there,
0: right? You know, because at the end of the day, if I got a Rolex from SHIELD and it said 70 on it, we well, you know what happened. <laughs> Agent 70 retired. Exactly. So,
1: so that but, being the uh, case. Go ahead, you, go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. So, basically. So, so, okay. So, no, 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 no. It was good that you brought that up. Because, like I said, that was part of that when I was like, oh, man. I, I like that. I, 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 I good to get the confirmation. Well, we still didn't get a confirmation of that, but we got the confirmation of what that watch was. And that's, and that was the, the only other bit of, um, the information that we didn't have, but like I said, the implications of it is still whatever it is. So, again, cut back to Clint uh, asking Kate to come back out, go outside to help her with something. Where he basically takes the Ronan um, uh, um, costume, puts it on, a, on the on the the barbecue grill, and sets it aflame with Kate, uh, Kate striking the match and putting it on there. And part of me was thinking, wait, wouldn't that suit be like flame retardant at the very least? knowing what he could have potentially come, come up against, you know, while he was roaming But I was like, but it presumably starts to burn, you know, well, it, it starts to burn. We see it, or at least we see it uh, set aflame thanks to the, the right. light fluid.
0: But I mean, even, even fire retardant things eventually burn. They just have to keep applying that accelerant to sure. it. Sure. So, oh, but uh, given that,
1: what they that, did, it doesn't seem like there, there was enough there to do such a thing.
0: Right. But enough to probably make it inoperable, make the suit unusable. Right. So. so,
1: so yeah, so last thing we see is uh, them going back to the house and um, Kate trying to give herself a name uh, and goes through a whole bunch of terrible names. I feel like one of them at least was something that was out of a comic book, but I can't remember that. Though. But then Clint, uh, the last thing we see is Clint says, well, I have an idea and cut to the Hawkeye logo. Mm-hmm. And that ends the, uh, the show with the exception of the uh, mid credit scene, which was Boo.
0: <laughs> well so so in terms of the mid credit i got it i, I appreciate too. it but i was more disappointed after i hit fast forward and found there was no end credits.
1: exactly because i was expecting it to be something like you mean to tell me we don't we're not getting anything from like the elena or uh or um anything going into echo series which we know is coming up you know it was like Right. And Yelena, me, going back to, uh, Yelena going back to Valentina be like, hey, you sent me on some some bullshit or, you know, you told yeah. me some bullshit.
0: Right. And I, I want to say that I, I, I want to readily blame the pandemic for this and the scheduling because a lot of the, you know, listen, we've gotten literally nine projects, nine MCU projects in 2021. Mm hmm. Uh, That's a combination of the Disney Plus shows and the theatrical releases. And all of them were thrown into disarray in terms of release order because of the pandemic. So I have a feeling that we probably would have gotten something more concrete in terms of going from the end of – what ended up being the end of 2021, the closer to 2021, that we would have gotten more of a show – more of a – connection in a post-credit scene to to enhance or increase the interconnectivity going into the new year but i had just i'm willing to let it pass i know lots of people got into an uproar on freaking social media saying yo all we got all we got was i can do this all day and that's whack and blah blah blah. and but but the bottom line is i'm i'm more than willing to let it let that slide because we got such a great episode um I wanted to just move on to like final thoughts on the series. And I have to say that um the highlight for me in phase four and one of the highlights for me in the show is Yelena Bolova. We've said it before, I've mm-hmm. said it before. Uh she could talk yeah, she could talk to me in that fake Russian accent all day. <laughs> uh, Roddy Cat has started to understand what I'm saying when, oh, no, when i did
1: understood it. You know, no. Right, I, I right, totally but, but more
0: so but more so with the increased Examples of it as opposed to just the Black Widow movie, right? Right, so there's more of an understanding. Uh, Roddy Cat has gained more of an understanding for so, how I feel. About this, so something it's something
1: funny, but let me but before you go on with did you see okay. the um, the featurette with her? No, so there is a featurette that a feature I think I, it might be in the show notes, I can't remember, or not in the show notes, it might be in the, the clickbait section. If it's not, it will be later on, but there is a featurette uh, with her, um. Coming out of coming out of this, and it's her talk Well, it's basically scenes from Hawkeye, and you know her coming out of it, but it's basically surrounded uh, uh, about her. So well, you hear her talk. You know, you hear a little bits of, of Yelena, and then you hear her talking, actually, which you know she has a, a. I believe she's Australian. I can't remember. Oh, she's British. She's British. Okay, well, I knew she's not from here, so you know. Um, uh, but yeah, so you hear her talking in her accent she's still, you know, still, but yeah, her talking in, uh, I say that to say that her talking in the Russian accent is, you know, as put on as it is, this is still, uh, <laughs> a, a very,
0: very, very good thing. Um, right. A very lovely thing. And, right. And, and I give the costuming department and the hair department so much credit because Roddy cat mentioned this earlier and I was willing to put it off until the end where they give her, and I didn't know what this was called until I heard, again, I want to give credit to Van Lathan on the Ringiverse for dropping this just as an aside, that the hairdo that Yelena is rocking in this episode is a dragon braid, Mm -hmm. and I never knew that's what that was called, I had just seen it so rarely, and I had never really given it much thought other than thinking that looks pretty elaborate and pretty cool, Right. right? That must have taken some time to do. So when I saw that, I was like, ooh, that's pretty cool and she was <laughs> badass with it on mm-hmm. you know i'm like that's an incredible hairdo to go into battle with
1: i mean yeah functional you no no loose parts
0: <laughs> so i listen you know uh, you know uh i think haley steinfeld did a good job of portraying you know of doing a version of the peter parker story but you know with um you know, but with, you know, coming from, you know, a, a vastly different perspective, you know, she actually has a mentor that uh, willingly takes her on despite, you know, uh, initial misgivings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that the, the, the Steinfeld casting is a good match to how they want to portray the character.
1: I would say so, you know? yeah.
0: She's self-confident, but still um, definitely lacking in terms of experience. Right. So, and, and she plays that off to a tee. Right, and
1: uh, if they, and if and or when they do the younger Avengers, they'll still be she'll still be young enough to
0: say she can be a Young Avenger. <laughs> exactly, and I think that the Hawkeye character, I think a lot of people initially were of the mind that Hawkeye never deserved his own show, but they never gave it much thought as to what Marvel wanted to do with the show. Right, you know that you know like it's not like. Hawkeye, in, you know, uh, would quote-unquote deserve his own show. That's probably what they were thinking. But ultimately, Marvel has a plan, and they executed it, where they introduced multiple characters, brought in a Netflix character, and integrated uh, a Black Widow character right into some of the more street-level uh, uh, storytelling that's going to develop in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe.
1: Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, and uh, and another budding hero, anti-hero, that's, uh, like I said, we're going to get a show with uh, Alaka Cox's um, Echo. Mm-hmm. was also at the end of this, looking pretty, very pretty, uh, with her hair down. You know, I mean, not just saying she wasn't with her hair up, but um, So, uh, right. I, am very, I am more curious about what that series is going to be than I was coming going into this.
0: Well, it's it's funny because of the Disney Plus shows that have been announced, mm-hmm. we're all we're familiar with all the characters to varying degrees. Right. And I think of the characters that have been announced as having shows, Echo is the one we are least familiar with. Bottom line. Basically. Right? We're familiar with Kamala Khan because we followed her story from the jump. Mm-hmm. She's had a series. She's been an Avenger. She's been a champion. We're, we've seen her... You know develop and evolve over several years, Echo was kind of you know off, you know cast off to the side for many years. yes, right. she played Ronin you know she 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 took on the Ronin role, and you know obviously she came on she was introduced in the late nineties when uh, Daredevil and Marvel Knights was a big deal mm-hmm. uh you know right you know like as I said earlier, it was right after the Kevin Smith run and right when David Mack kind of picked up the reins a little bit. And that was kind of like that first big arc after Kevin Smith left the book. So, I mean, I distinctly remember this. I remember reading that Daredevil and thinking, oh, this is cool that they're introducing a a character that's similar to Taskmaster or Deathstroke. You know, someone who's uh, mimicking but has different um, physical abilities and physical impairments, as it were. Mm -hmm. And uh, – Exactly. Oh, I mean, I didn't even process the fact that she was Native American back then. I'll be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I think it means more now when it comes to creating a more diverse cinematic universe. Because at that point, listen, if you've been a comic book reader as long as we have, other than a couple of books, most of the books we read, especially uh, on the Marvel side, have been diverse for a while, especially if you came up reading X-Men. So... Um, you know, so other, you know, some books are, are less diverse than others, but at the end of the day, it's just not something that you would, uh, point out necessarily, but in the cinematic universe, it becomes a lot easier to point out when you see who has been highlighted and what roles have been highlighted in the creation of the, the various movies and cinematic, um, uh, corners of the Marvel universe that have come, that, that have come to pass since, uh, since X Men, really, right. right? Since the the first X Men movie, right. but and getting
1: first in the first, and the first uh, I mean, and, and on that the first deaf character also, uh, because you know we haven't had that, like the closest we've had was Daredevil and Daredevil's Netflix series, but he's blind, and you know that's a, right. a different right. thing.
0: Again, you know, when it comes to the comics, you're just you're, you're more you're you're not as attuned to that being something special. Right. But obviously, as they're rolling out, and that's that's what my point was. As they're rolling out these series, they are looking they're specifically looking to make a more diverse MCU because you know they're not. I I I I I just know that Feige is not looking to retread all the X Men stuff, right? He's not looking. You know, they're they're looking to try to, and that's why we got an Eternals movie for better for worse this year. Right? I know a lot of people want to poop all over like like Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. You all want to poop all over Eternals, but I thought it was a good. uh, They took a good shot at 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 something different. Oh, and
1: you know what? And you say that, so I need to retract my statement because technically she's Echoes the second, then because Makari would be the first.
0: Right, 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 right. In terms of chronological introduction, correct. So, um. But getting back to echo, right, we are all and and this is this is how it relates this is the point that I was trying to make with in relation to what people thought about the Hawkeye series being announced. A lot of people were probably thinking, why echo right Now we know, and now we have a a, a, a better idea of one yes, they want to explore the echo character and create more of a story for her and two, it's also another foray into the street level. Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe, that is, right. and who knows what characters are going to get introduced there or explored there. We are pretty sure that they're going to explore uh, Wilson Fisk there, and we're probably going to see Daredevil there.
1: Yeah, possibly reintroduced.
0: That all, right. That makes all the sense. Well, I mean, actual Daredevil, because we've seen Matt Murdock now. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, yeah. You know, well, not to spoil, but, you know, uh, at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> okay. The, right. But we're going to see Daredevil. We're going to see Daredevil in Echo. That's where I think we're going to finally see Daredevil.
1: Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, there's also still She-Hulk, though. So there's the, that could also be...
0: I forget which one's going to come out first. Is She-Hulk going to yeah, come out first? That's
1: Um, I, th- I want to say She-Hulk might be first, but I'm not sure, honestly. So then that's where we'll probably see Daredevil.
0: Yeah but Attention. i have a feeling that oh you know especially given the character's connections right you know being being a, a being that echoes first appearance was in daredevil right it would make sense exactly so
1: that being said though yeah i I was going to go back to what you were saying about the Hawkeye thing real quick, and then we wrap it up. And the only thing I was going to say was that uh, yeah, the, yeah, people were kind of grousing about like why does Hawkeye need a show? Some people, there were also other people were like, well, how come he didn't have get a um, a movie? Which I know, I think I when uh, upon the announcement of the show, I kind of wondered that uh, at the same time. But also, I could also see like, well, you know, well, Black Widow barely got one. Uh, at, at a certain at a certain time, but all of the pretty much all of the original Avengers ended up getting their own sh- uh, getting their own movie, and Hawkeye didn't. I'm kind of glad that that being said, I, uh, the show is great, so I'm I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Uh, one way or the other, I would have liked to see a movie, but you know, I, I know that's a hard proposition or a potentially hard proposition for a lot of for for some folks to go see. Like, but at the same time, like we got Ant Man. <laughs> We got an Ant Man movie and people love the shit out of that movie and you know, and say what you want right. about Guardians and whatnot. So
0: we've gotten two Ant Man movies. Ant Man
1: movies and two Guardians movies. And people were like, Who the hell is these folks? But you know, but the Ant Man movie more so because people are doing the same thing for him than it was Hawkeye. Because if we're like, Who is this character? Why is this character and like he's just what is he
0: what is he? who is this? We can, barely, we can barely get a good Superman movie. We've gotten two Ant Man movies that people talk about and want about watch. to get a third unbelievable all right so anyway I think we we wrapped our hawkeye discussion yes you should watch it
1: um if you if you've watched any of the mcu movies uh that that, that have the character in it uh and you might want to watch a uh, black widow at the at, at, uh, at the uh inside of that also definitely check out the show
0: right. i don't i'm not going to say
1: that you probably need to but you would want to
0: yeah yeah we spent a good amount of time on hawkeye so we're going to run through our comic books of the week. So we're going to transition over to that. Mm-hmm. And so the first yeah, I book, I didn't
1: pull any of the covers, so this is going to go swimmingly.
0: Oh, that's good. Well, I mean, we're going to go very quickly. Yeah. So, uh, um, I think we talked about this earlier and the first book we're going to talk about is Avengers
1: 51.
0: All righty. So Avengers 51 is written by Jason Aaron with art by Juan for Gary colors by David Curiel and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So we're picking right up where we left off with this kind of uh, tie in to Avengers forever. Number one. And we'll get to that in a second. But I thought that it was, A little silly, but at the same time, it's one of the only things that could actually um, handle full-on blows from uh, Thor. And that being uh, the Destroyer armor makes an appearance in this as a literal punching bag. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I got that. uh, And uh, at the same time, we're still dealing with some of the drama that that has been teased by the Phoenix Force that is causing uh, Thor to, to question his beliefs and his, um, his history. And uh, we have Echo also looking to try to get a better handle on the Phoenix Force. But lo and behold, the, the, the masters of evil of the multiverse, or the multiversal masters of evil, I think they're called, have basically come to uh, wreak havoc and uh take out various uh and enact their plan you know i'm not going to spoil their plan because it's more it has been described to us i think in the um oh was it the uh was it the free comic book day book
1: uh i believe that's the case yes
0: right so i think it was talked about in the free comic book day book and you know it's 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 uh laid out in addition in the pages of avengers forever but in this issue, we have one of the first big skirmishes between the Avengers and members of the uh the multiversal uh the all new Masters of Evil. They're the they're the multiversal masters of evil. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that before we go to Avengers Forever?
1: Um so, I mean, there there's there is a little bit more to it because we we see the Deathlocks come through trying to warn the Avengers, but they're already being attacked in Asgard. There was the whole Phoenix uh, Thor thing, like I said, and Echo, who we just talked about actually, it, who is, um has the Phoenix Force now, and that whole thing's coming together. Like, and it's clear that that's going to go back to the one million BC because they kind of alluded to that. All right, so all this all this whole thing is kind of a uh, come into a thing, but the thing there's a couple of things to, to to mention before going into the thing is that it there was a cut in there that was um there was there was a cut in there with Black Panther and Echo talking about uh you know Phoenix trying to Phoenix Echo trying to uh you know get used to her powers which she's trying to do but also they just so happens to bring up this list of people who can kill the Phoenix uh, and there's some notable names on there that we know of from comic books past, from comics past, the uh, Molecule Man, Owen Reese, the Beyonders, um, Thor and uh, Odin are both mentioned here. So you kind of think it was like, well, okay, so is the Phoenix Force going to die at the hands of Thor at some point or something like that? Because I and I feel like the times in recent history that the Phoenix has come about and Thor being around, that wasn't the case to where. It, there was a match there. It was kind of curious is that that list was brought up and that these, you know, and that the fact that this could be the case, but now with doors, new revelation, I guess anything, you know, that could be the case, but yeah. So going into the other part of this with, uh, adventures forever. Number
0: one, which if you want to go ahead and do the creative team. Absolutely. And then I will hand it off to you. Uh, Avengers forever. Number one is also written by Jason Aaron with pencils by Aaron Cooter inks by cam Smith, Callers by Jason Keith and Triona Farrell, And letters by V.C.'s Corey Pettit. Take it away, Cat.
1: So, here we meet um, a particular universe. It's not the 616's version of Ant-Man. And it's not Hank Pym. It's not Scott Lang. It is one Tony Stark. Tony uh, Stank. Tony, yes, Tony Stank basically kind of is, because he's so drunk half the time. So,
0: exactly. Yes. That's what I was thinking. As soon mm-hmm. as I started reading this i was like it's tony stank
1: <laughs> so and this tony stark is basically a mixture of i guess uh i guess a mixture of early scott lang and dr afra now some of you folks may not know who that is but dr afra is basically indiana jones of the star wars um uh, star wars i was
0: universe. Gonna say i was gonna say definitely indie yes definitely indie
1: uh and basically was a rogue archaeologist um and and you know plundering uh tombs some sort of tomb raider if you would mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah so so that's where we meet this uh this is Tony Stark I can't remember what the the um earth number is but regardless uh um, eight, eight eight one one, yeah. okay okay yeah so uh we meet this we go through with some stuff with him he find a version of Thor's hammer which was left from uh this Earth's uh apparently this Earth's uh, Avengers had died, but we kind of found out uh, a, a thing in previous uh, Avengers, I think in, in Avengers fifty, um also a little bit about this. But uh, and we also find out what was written on uh the Mjolnir of this um of this universe. And, uh, Tony this Tony Stark has tried to uh pick it up. He did, but you know, n- and then ends up dropping it, so that's going to come into play later. Then we cut to uh, Robert Reyes, Ghost Rider, who just also happens to be on this Earth because he was transported here with, uh, I guess, with the help of a Deathlock. I can't remember what happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, so he and Deathlock are trying to save these people on this train, which almost reminded me of Snowpiercer, but not really, because um,
0: yeah, that's definite, there were definite Snowpiercer uh, uh, vibes or something, similarities. Yeah
1: mm-hmm so off this train that was uh basically taking the people to get burned to death or, or or you know or cremated uh and so so robbie saves them with the death lock and uh gets uh gets hounded by these war machines which are i guess the ruling uh well which gets ruled by this um person called the Waste Lord. Which we come to meet later on in this issue, which looks like Null, I guess. I don't know. Is that supposed to be a symbiote? We're not. not I'm not really sure. But it looks I'm sorry? Like kind of a. I say, is that Waste Lord character that shows up later on? Is that like the supposed to be like Null or something, or a symbiote?
0: Oh, you mean the the the, the multiversal master of evil here, right? So it's. I think it's a combination of the Red Skull and Venom.
1: Okay, gotcha. Right, because I think he does call himself the, the Black Skull. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah so they end up meeting that and like so and then uh at the end of it we get to see uh Tony uh back at his lair or whatever the case may be and we see glimpses of some other possibly would be heroes of this of, of this uh earth that are around right. that uh, looks like a vision and some other people we're not we're not going to go through all of that but basically we get some uh we get to meet some other people and i'm sure in the next issue or whatever we'll we will continue that road
0: so right and 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 in the vein in the tradition of alternate universe stories these characters are uh, definite amalgams of other characters that we are very familiar with. Right. Uh, just based off of uh, initial viewing, you see uh, maybe a combination of Wonder Man and Colossus. Mm-hmm. So that's just what we are going to get when we get these multiversal uh, stories. They're remixes. Of, right. There's a Moon Knight uh, there. With. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We won't get, like like Roddy Cat said, we're not going to get into it, but just yeah. to give everyone a taste of what it is that they can expect here. Um mm-hmm. as a, as as a kind of a, a a stinger here at the very end of the issue, we have characters that we have not really seen outside of the pages of Thor. Right. I was going to ask you about that. Aaron, specifically Jason Aaron's run of Thor. Mm-hmm. Talking about King Thor, the gore, the god-butcher stories, the future Thor. Um, stories that were going on during Aaron's run that is where we last saw these characters so it is uh, interesting that they would come up here but at the end of the day kind of expected because this is an Aaron story and he's pulling in lots of he's basically pulling in all of the Thor stuff and all of the Avengers stuff he's leaving out all of the X-Men stuff he's worked on but in terms of stuff that could be brought into play and, and and that would be able to interplay with each other. He's definitely drawing on some of that Thor um, storytelling that he had uh, during that run. Indeed.
1: Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a celestial head gun, but we're not going to talk about that. So that was the thing. Uh, we can move on to, I don't know, which one, I guess.
0: Well, I was about to say, we can just cover the books that you have because you, didn't, you weren't able to read too many this week. And then once we get through the books we have in common, I'll go rapid fire.
1: Actually, I mean, we can kind of do that now because I only got a couple of them and we've read the same stuff.
0: Oh, okay. So then, no, I mean, but at the end of the day, all we have left is Amazing and uh, you didn't finish Trial of Magneto so I'm going to gloss over that. So Right, that's what I'm saying. So
1: you could just go ahead and not just kind of pick in on, on Amazing.
0: Okay, all right. So Amazing Spider-Man number 82 is written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Jorge Fornes and color art by Dan Brown. Uh, the lettering is by, I have to scroll up to my notes on this. I had... I was just looking at Roddy Cat's notes. And lettering is by, of course, our favorite Paisan, V.C.'s Joe Caramagna. So in this issue, we actually get a full catch-up on what is going on with our good friend, the real Spider-Man, Peter Parker. And, you know, there is something afoot in the hospital that is going on. Uh, to the that is happening to the people in the room that he's been placed in and it's creepy as hell uh um you know we're kind of left to figure out what on earth is going on here it's very dark uh i would say spoiler alert kind of demonic and mj is the one that comes to peter parker's rescue in this issue and it's definitely a filler issue but at the same time, you're trying to wonder where this character kind of figured out that Parker was going to be a target.
1: Or any of this. Well, because if you recall, like this character was taking a bunch of people before he got to Peter. So I think he was probably, it, might have been just taking out that whole floor, maybe. I don't know.
0: Possibly. Well, you know, it's left unsaid. And that's kind of the tough part about this. Like, that's the, that's the part where we know this is a filler issue. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... Uh, You know, you kind of wonder if this is ever going to come back at all. Like, are we supposed to recognize this? Because the character kind of looked like a Dire Wraith, but I don't know. Also, kind you know of
1: what? like the. There was this uh, old. I think it was a 90s character called the Max, which I believe was not a, a Marvel character that this kind
0: of looks no, like. No, that was the same teeth. Yeah, I mean, with the teeth are different, but I understand. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 With the coloring. But yeah, I mean, I kind of got Dire Wraith, you know, from the ROM, from the ROM comics and. Mm. Um, you know, obviously the dire rates, uh, have been a presence in, uh, the Marvel comics, uh, canon outside of the ROM space night books. So that's, that was the, that was the, um, that was the, the, the vibe I got off this character. So bottom line though, is it definitely felt like a filler issue. We do catch up with, um, the daughters of the dragon and, uh, Colleen and Misty are off doing their, uh, During the bidding of the Beyond Corporation, we kind of start to figure out the relationship they have with the Beyond Corporation outside of their spoiler alert, acknowledged kind of double agent um, uh, role. Right. All right. The Lizard. Exactly. Exactly. Next up, I'm going to go in order because uh, the only other book that uh, Roddy Cat read is a little bit further down the list. Black Panther number two. It's written. Sorry. Black Panther number two is written (laughs) by John Ridley with art by Juan Cabal, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VC's Joe Sabino. So, in this issue, it is that we have some of the logical uh, follow ups to the very first issue where um, we find out that T'Challa had uh, instituted a sleeper, basically, a sleeper cell program of Wakandan agents being planted around the world. And um, uh, it turns out that some people or some kind of force is behind trying to take these sleeper agents out. And that continues in this issue. We have Shuri making an appearance, working on the investigation, trying to figure out how these sleeper agents have been discovered and who may be targeting them and why. And uh, T'Challa, Shuri, and one of the, sleeper, the former sleeper agents now is, you know, who is basically looking to get revenge on, the, on whomever it is uh, that is killing the sleeper agent, specifically in her case, her former lover, who she was not supposed to have because she was a sleeper agent for Wakanda. But getting back to the story... As I said, there is lots of like kind of super Wakandan CSIing, and at the end we do get a bit of a reveal, but not a reveal of an identity. We do get a confrontation between uh, several of these characters who seem to be hunting the sleeper agents and um, and T'Challa. So we should be getting. Answers, listen, it's only the second issue of the series, so don't expect the answers right away. We should be getting some answers soon, though. So stay tuned. This actually played out really well. Uh, I think that uh, Ridley is definitely, definitely leaning into the, um, the characteristic that some writers have given T'Challa of being a person, a king, who has very little to no trust in anybody. And, you know, uh, you know and, and, and um, portrays him as the character who literally would have sleeper agents around the world, uh, you know, to, to, to exact, you know, whatever stratagem that the Black Panther uh, deems to be necessary to ensure the safety of Wakanda. Next up is Iron Man number fifteen. So, before you go any further,
1: this is what I'm going to remind you of what you asked me to remind you of, because I'm pretty sure the everything you have on this list uh, are are stuff that I had intent to read. Right. So, okay. So, just just
0: reminding keeping, you, keeping it super mild in terms of spoilers. Uh, Iron Man number 15, written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Ibrahim Roberson, colors by Frank D'Armada, and letters by V.C.'s Joe Caramania. So this is some kind of weird cosmic stuff that Cantwell is writing. And with the way that this is resolved, it's kind of out there, but at the same time um, especially since we are familiar with solicitations we see that we know that this is not the last we're going to see of this Iron God persona that uh, Tony has taken on. Yeah, I mean, that, this is definitely not going to be, you know, the, there's a couple things he, in here that I know that I shouldn't speak on because they're spoilers. Black Panther is a little different because at the end of the day, if you read the first issue, you'd know where, that, where, where it's kind of going. Without, you know, There's nothing revealed in Black Panther number two, except that we know that there's investigating going on. In this issue, though, we actually get something relating to something appearing to be a conclusion to this particular arc. That's why there's a lot more to spoil. So that's why I'm kind of leaving it at that. All right. Next up is Kang the Conqueror, number five of five. It's written by former guests of the comic book chronicles, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, with art by Carlos Magno. Colors by Espen Grudenjern. And letters by our favorite Python V.C.'s Joe Caramagna. Now, what I told Roddy Cat about this this series and about this issue specifically is that it is a very time travel issue. Very, very time travel issue. This whole series has been obviously about time travel because it centers upon Kang. But this issue in particular is a, just a very time travel issue. And when you read it, you will see what I mean. Because, you know, think about um, think about the time travel, the, the explanation of uh, pop culture references for time travel in Avengers Endgame, when they're talking about uh, when, when the Hulk is trying to convince the other Avengers about how time travel actually works. And you kind of find yourself vacillating in between the way the Hulk Uh, explains it in Endgame and the way everyone else explains it through pop culture references in in Endgame. So um, that's kind of where you find yourself when you're reading this issue. Next up is Moon Knight number six. It's written by Jed McKay with art by Alessandro Capuccio, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by V.C.'s Corey Pettit. So in this issue, um, we have... Uh one of the more recent characters introduced into the Moon Knight uh corner of the Marvel Universe by Jed McKay making an appearance and basically saving Mark Spector's bacon. Um the Zodiac is here. Uh that Zodiac character who we struggled with placing the last time we talked about uh the last issue we talked about, uh Moon Knight Moon Knight number five, we realized now that Zodiac had been kind of reintroduced as a singular character. Um, with a new identity uh, and a new and, and a new power set and purpose in like a mini series or a one shot, maybe during Dark Reign, and uh, it you know that's something that fell through the cracks in terms of my comic book reading back then. So that that that, that accounts for at least my unfamiliarity with and probably Roddy Cat's as well. So uh, we find out that this character is probably going to be a, a thorn in Mark Specter's side. Uh, Going forward. Uh, And that is that for that book. Next up is Ms. Marvel Beyond the Limit number one. This is number one of five. So, welcome back, Kamala Khan, to the world of having your own book, even if it is just a five issue limited series. It's written by Samira Ahmed with art by Andres Genole. Colors by Triona Farrell and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, our favorite lettering Python. So, in this issue, we find out that Kamala is on a bit of a bit of a vacation. She stepped away to uh, Gotham City, A.K.A. Chicago, where she's meeting um, a family member who is doing so, who's part of doing some research. And it is that research that leads to some interesting scientific side effects that may have implications on Kamala Khan, as well as on uh, how she perceives reality. And uh, that's the best and most... uh, obfuscating way (laughs) that I can describe what happened in this issue without spoiling things, but it's also pretty vague. It's the first issue. So, uh, we'll see how this picks up over the course of this five-issue limited series. Next up is Sword Number 11. It's written by Al Ewing, with art by Jacopo Camagni, colors by Fernando Cifuentes of Proto Bunker Studios, and letters by VCs Ariana Mar. So, in this issue which is I think the final issue of Sword. We get some uh, closure, we get some uh, finality on what has been going on and who's behind uh who's ultimately behind what uh has been plotted up at the peak and on Araco. And without getting into too much detail because it is it would be spoiler heavy. Um, and I know that Roddy Cat has been reading this. I have not been reading this. I just wanted to see what was going on in this issue because I know that this is the last issue of Sword and how I wanted to see how this uh, storyline ended up. So there is some um, intrigue. We have a nice uh, save by one. Um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the character's name now. Uh, oh gosh, what is that character's name? Um, Gateway's nephew. Eden. Eden. His
1: name is uh uh, manifold. uh,
0: Yes, that's it. I couldn't remember his code name. Manifold. Mm -hmm. Manifold does make a big uh, does play a key role in this issue in terms of making a very big save. uh, But we also have to deal with some, let's say, double and triple crossing here in terms of allegiance. So be prepared to see the roles that people have been portraying that characters have been portraying to be not necessarily what their true intent is and finally finally fi- oh, not finally at least in terms of marvel finally x-men trial of magneto number five of five this is the last issue of this series of course written by leah williams with art by lucas Verneck, colors by edgar delgado and letters by vcs clayton cowles Roddy Cat is partway through this book, but the big reveals and the big developments do happen later on in the issue, so I am not going to spoil that, but suffice to say that we are still left with a few questions, but we've gotten some resolution to uh, the status of certain characters when it comes to uh, their stature on and their and their status on Krakoa, as well as uh, a new development when it comes to uh so one of the key uh aspects of the Krokoan of the emergence of Krakoa and what it means to all of the mutant film so I'll leave it at that
1: so i just, so I'm basically just kind of in the at the end of this, and I think I'm getting the one revolution the uh, res- uh, revelation that you were talking about it right. seems that they basically uh reversed. Uh, No More Mutants,
0: in a way? Uh, possibly.
1: Yeah. They
0: actually, I think, went a step further than
1: that. Yeah, yeah, from what I'm seeing, but basically, yeah, they, uh,
0: they're going they for Yeah, exactly. I think they went a step further than No, mutant, than mm-hmm. no More Mutants. Anyway, continue. Right? Uh, basically, uh, and, and now I can sort of spoil this because Radicat got to the end, because... Mm-hmm. Let's just say the Resurrection Protocol line is kind of clogged now. Yes. It's a bit clogged. Um, Next up and last up is Nightwing number 87. Talk about a swerve back to DC. I had a chance to read this because it read very quickly, but it was a a delight to read. It's written by Tom Taylor with art by Bruno Redondo, colors by Adriano Lucas, and letters by Wes Abbott. So – in this issue, the, the, the layout of the pencils of the art is intended to be read as going from left to right, page to, page to page to page to page. So it's almost like a continuous cartoon strip. It's not a flip book, but it's a continuous strip from left to right. And it is a wonder to see Bruno Redondo is, I think, I don't know how long Bruno has been a, a comic book artist. But this is definitely uh, a highlight of uh, his career, and I will be making sure – and I've said this before when it comes to Nightwing. I'll be making sure to keep track of uh, Bruno Redondo going forward because I thought that this uh, issue was so well laid out and so well done. Um, And that's it for my rapid-fire books. I actually never spun up the – I never spun up the, uh, the, the Gatling Gundam, the, the mini gun, the minigun, so it, I will belatedly ask Jesse the Body Ventura. I ain't got time to bleed. In honor of our just-wrapped-up rapid-fire section.
1: Indeed. Clicks of the week, week. week, week,
0: week, week. And we have our incoming... <laughs> clicks of the week. Do we have anything from our erstwhile co-hosts? I don't think we do.
1: Um, Yes, we do. No, we do. Okay, yeah. I didn't see that. Uh, From Dirt, it looks like we have... What is this? Buddy McGill? Wait. Yeah. Buddy McGill, special agent. Okay. I guess it's Buddy McGill. Um, He basically says, imagine Spuds McKenzie from the 80s beer commercials as a special government agent. Um. Not sure who this is by, but yeah, that's pretty much what he gave us. <laughs>
0: Actually, Listen. Up. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Now I'm gonna. Now, now we're both going to look into this and be like, what? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is funny. Let's see who's publishing this. Advent Comics. Okay. Mm, okay. Oh.
1: It says here, let's see, okay, I'm on a uh, previous roll. He's a TSA agent, he's a super party animal, and his name is Buddy McGill. He's on the trail of a ruthless terrorist and will not be stopped until justice is served. With a case of suds and some brand new duds, he will give you something you can feel.
0: Yeah, definitely Spuds McKenzie. I wasn't even jo- When I was joking about that, it's so evident from the image. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the-
1: but it looks like this came out, well, I don't know. Uh, it looks like this came out November Or at least that's what previous world said. I don't know. Um, Regardless, that was his pick. We'll we'll go with it.
0: All right. (laughs) Fine by me.
1: Um, for myself or for you?
0: Well, I've got a lot more to choose from. That's true. I have. I have to give it a little bit of thought.
1: Um, for myself, I guess I will. I hmm. It's, it's kind of weird because like does because of uh, Avengers 51 and Avengers forever are co- so closely tied together mm-hmm. or close enough tied together to where it's like, huh? And having just kind of finished a uh, trial of Magneto. Um, I don't know that, that from what I read at trial of Magneto, that opens up a, a whole lot.
0: Um, yeah. And I think that's why I'm going to go with that as my click of the week. Yeah. I, Exactly. That was that was my thinking exactly, is that it opens up, you know, and it was one of those things where I, I had a feeling the murder of the Scarlet Witch played out just as it was revealed. Yeah,
1: I kind of did too, but I was like, they wouldn't do that. Like, why would they do that unless they were trying to do something kind of crazy with and them, it? Was of time. Yeah, exactly. It, current time, they I, did, so
0: it was that something else that Roddy Cat was just referring to that 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 turns out to be the true impetus and the catalyst for the for, for the events that that transpired so there is a patsy right who yes. who ends up taking the fall but you know how they played how how, how the, the the mechanics of it the actual the, the reasons behind it it was all revealed in this issue and it was just, you know, the implications of it, right? The implications of it are huge. Mm-hmm. And talk about not, not, like, I never want to poo-poo the importance of these miniseries. It's always hard to figure out which miniseries are going to mean, quote-unquote mean more to the main books. Mm-hmm. But I I want to say I think this one is going to have some legs, in terms of uh, in terms of lasting effects or lasting ramifications on the x corner of the Marvel universe right yeah um
1: yeah, and yeah, exactly. Because there's some there's some miniseries, and we always say it all the time. Like, what in the world is this? What is this setting up? Like, what is this? Yeah. It, like, what is going on here that's going to become beneficial later on? Like, we've been saying that, especially with like the micro stuff, also, but and some other miniseries we, that we've uh, come across. This one definitely, you can see it right off the bat. Uh, at the end right. of this, you can definitely see what what uh, the implications are for this.
0: I mean, we're definitely having that Infinity War conversation between the Guardians and that the. Uh, Small, uh, small group of Avengers. You know about Gamora. You know what is this miniseries? How about where is this miniseries? <laughs> Got a oh, question. One better. Bye, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is our conversation. More often than not, when it comes to most of these miniseries, some of them are advertised as being you know more important than others. Let's let's put that on the table. Mm-hmm. But this, is one of those, where if you judge this to be something that would be important, uh, you were accurate and you were correct. But if you maybe made the mistake of dismissing this, you know, I think it might be worth going back and trying to, to, to to catch up on this and, and maybe track down these issues as possible keys to the future.
1: Now, that being said, that does not make this whole thing misleading in, in a way I say that because the name is called the trial of Magneto which we know that was, a, that was a, a, an event from back in the 90s, and they just took the name. So it doesn't necessarily mean it was going to be the same thing. It didn't even have anything to do with, well, I guess, you know, it did start off the kind of way, it, for, but it ended up being something else. Uh, and the whole, the only I guess, the only other weak part about this issue is the fact that, like, yeah, the Petsy thing, I'm like, did they actually even have to do that part? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes sense, but it' also somebody had to take the fall. I get that, But yeah. at the same time it's like that seems unnecessary, mhm, given what ended up happening um so I guess that was that's kind of one way to do the, the the deal with it but that being said, I guess I will actually go along with that myself uh so uh, yes, my click is going to also be x men trial of uh Magneto number five after sitting here talking about it. <laughs> There it is. is. And with that, we can go on to the cinema, uh, to the news section. But first, an ad read.
0: Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron. Uh, Blue Apron's meal delivery service has fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Remember, it's through our website at cspn.us do it today and now we get into the news
1: and we start off with as I was trying to do something I probably shouldn't have done right there uh, start off with the cinematic news uh, the Batman Zoe Kravitz shows off Catwoman's costume in clearest photo yet so uh yeah that Matt Reeve Batman, uh Zoe Kravis is playing Catwoman. Here's what her costume looks like. There you go. I mean, you could do some things with that costume. I'm sure there'd be some cosplay or some other uh some things to be done with it, but you know, hey, looks good. Uh next up.
0: It's funny What's you up? would think that some of these movie costumers would take into account the the cosplay community when they're designing costumes uh, tr maybe promote the the use of them yeah uh the black item suit maybe not so much unless you're willing to take on all spandex so
1: yeah i mean this one seems like this is pretty much a basic like yeah you could you could pretty much do this uh costume fairly easily mm-hmm. so i mean whip aside but you know even then you could find places to do that i do know that much but this seems a bit more basic, kind of more basic, more "quote unquote" functional, I guess, than yeah. like say Michelle uh, Michelle um um uh Five. yeah so Michelle Pfeiffer's costume.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway. Although Michelle Pfeiffer's costume was probably like super comic accurate back then, other than the stitching. Pretty much, yeah. So uh, the next story is the there is a. A synopsis out for the Black Adam movie which promises to unleash, quote, unique justice on the DC extended universe. So yeah, we've all known, and Dwayne Johnson the Rock is making his damnedest effort to let everyone know that Black Adam is not uh, the superhero you think he is. And uh, the synopsis is, um, which I'm not going to read basically uh, says that, which is that once uh, Black Adam is freed from being entombed for over 5,000 years. He gets ready to unleash that unique form of justice. So it's going to be uh, an interesting experience, I think, for those of us who decide to brave the movies on July 29th, 2022 to see the Black Adam movie directed by uh, Haume Colette Sarah.
1: Indeed, um, DC Comics developing a Legion of Superheroes TV show for HBO Max. So um, yeah, they're uh, they're doing that, and uh, it's going to be with uh, Brian Michael Bendis as a part of Bendis as a part of the creative team. Uh, he had, see Bendis announced this news in his latest newsletter, where he also gave some details on how the series came into existence. Um, as folks may know and we may have talked about this even though none of us was uh, reading it, uh Bendis wrote the latest volume of Legion of Superheroes uh this past year, actually, now that I think about it. Um and the DC superhero team from the future will soon take part in a crossover with the Justice League in twenty twenty two, written by Just by Bendis and illustrated by uh Sky Gol Golotsky Goluski, Gal- excuse me. I was about to say Mike Wazowski, but um, the writer also pins Justice League, as, as folks may know, and even though he's leaving the book in March, according to this. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Wait, after talking up HBO Max's animated adaptation of him and David Max's uh, Dark Horse comic title cover, Benson said the Seamish Rivers came back to him and asked what other DC properties he think would make an interesting show. Uh, and that's what I guess that's pretty much what brought this up. So yeah. Uh doesn't say when this is going to happen, but probably sometime next year or twenty twenty three, I guess. Next.
0: Next up, so this article just has a list of every movie and TV show coming to HBO Max in January. Uh chief uh of in, chief uh, what's of chief interest to us mm-hmm. is as uh Complex Chronicles is First and foremost, at least in terms of time and in terms of chronological releases, the uh, Harry Potter 20th anniversary Return to Hogwarts, which reunites many of the stars of the Harry Potter franchise. On the 20th anniversary, oh my God, the 20th anniversary of the first film's release. Oh my goodness. Next up on January 13th will be, believe it or not, hot on the heels of the Suicide Squad is Peacemaker starring John Cena, and you won't be able to see him. Uh, hes just, Is this going to be a blank screen? Uh, as I said, it spins out of the events of James Gunn's acclaimed film. Really acclaimed film, The Suicide Squad. So uh, the rest of this article has uh, a list of um, uh, films and whatnot that are going to feature on HBO Max as of January 1st, 2022.
1: Right. Now the Kyrie Potter sort of aside, there there is actually more stuff in here that's uh that's uh uh germane to us. Uh, it's like Two Guns was a uh graphic novel that was turned into a movie. That's what Denzel and Mark uh Mark Wahlberg. So that was I think that was a that D C imprint, I can't remember. Regardless, and there's some Superman I think that stuff. Was a yeah, I
0: huh? wanna say that was a vertical book.
1: The yeah, all vertical, you're right. Yes, yes, yeah. But still it was on yeah, so protocol was uh hmm? yeah and and there's a lot of batman stuff right some batman stuff some superman stuff so there is some actually a little bit more out out there than uh for that that's a fast six i mean
0: (laughs) yeah yeah godzilla king of the monsters that's in 2019 back on hbo max right which
1: i uh, yeah which i thought was still on there some lego stuff but like, like i said you can check out the list on your own but basically wanted to at least highlight some of the stuff that um that uh, was going to be on there. That Vixen uh, show, show. The anime show that was on there. Anyway. Um, <laughs> One Piece Red movie reveals new designs for the Straw Hat Pirates. I don't know. I don't believe that 1870 uh, is going to hit this particular anime. But um, the Straw Hats will Straw Hat Pirates will get an updated look for One Piece Red. There's new costumes that were revealed during the One Piece panel during Jump Festa. Uh, we talked about a little bit last week. Uh, some stuff that came out of it, uh, and you see can see some uh, drawings of said costumes of the 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 uh, pirates themselves. Uh, I'm not sure. Wait, when is this coming out? Let's see One Piece Red is the 15th theatrical release of the franchise. Yep, yep, yip. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but it's probably sometime next year, likely. Next up
0: all right next up so uh, at uh, shueisha's jump festa 22 event on uh, this past week revealed that nobuhiro watsuki's veroni kenshin manga is getting a new television anime project at leiden or Leiden films the event did not reveal any other details about the anime and Apex is streaming a teaser video to announce the work so you can find that on youtube uh following the link on the page that roddy cat is sharing there are some interesting tidbits here about the history of the manga and the uh, the publication thereof, because of uh, issues uh, that the uh, the creator had, so uh, take a look at this article, get uh, educated the manga has been previously adapted into a ninety five episode TV anime series an anime film, three original video game projects, five live action films, jeez, and a stage musical you could do this all day by the all female musical theater troupe. <laughs> The Karazuka Review. Wow. So this uh, this live-action film... uh, Wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, so all this stuff is coming up. There's a live-action film that's going to open on April 23rd, and the beginning live-action film opened in Japan on June 4th. So this happened previously. But this new um, television anime project is still upcoming with no other details yeah
1: i'm sure there are some people that's uh, that's excited about this like i said i liked the show when it was when it was on it was uh it was pretty good like I said, the the uh the creators um mis- 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 misdeeds aside no, the show itself was pretty good Anywho, uh, Naruto Anime looks back with 20th anniversary art and logo. So, 2022 will be the 25th anniversary of Naruto Anime premiere, and Shueisha Preview plans to celebrate the series' big birthday at this year's Jump Festa. Uh, at the Baruto uh, presentation that kicked off the event, it uh, looks like they look back at the past 20 years of this uh, prequel series, Naruto and Shippuden and um showed some art and a recap video so um if you're interested in that it's probably out there somewhere uh that you can check out and you can see the art with uh and his and buruto oh no i'm sorry you can see uh that's uh Naruto and his dad i can't whose name i can't remember uh but there
0: you go next next up uh The first teaser trailer of Mobile Suit Gundam, Kukuru's Dawn's Island, is here. The trailer was posted to the movie's official Twitter account, alongside the tagline, Gundam Rises Again. The new movie is an adaptation of the 15th episode of the original 1979 Mobile Suit Gundam anime series, Kukuru's Dawn's Island. The original episode is known for its anti-war themes and numerous animation errors, the latter of which will hopefully not be recreated in the new theatrical feature. Yikes.
1: To it, they might have, I'm pretty sure they probably, probably cut out of in those movies that are on Netflix
0: now, or at least the first of the movie, which goes kind of goes through that first arc. So, I don't know. The, film is, currently, right, the film is currently scheduled for a summer 2022, 2022 premiere window in Japan. Details about the movie's international release, which is definitely going to happen a little bit later, mm-hmm. have yet to be
1: So there you go, Gundam fans. More Gundam. Uh, One Book of Boba Fett uh, actor had no clue they were in the Star Wars series. Uh, And I put this article in here because I did not know this person was even in this show. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Actor Jennifer Beals, uh, some might know from uh, uh, Dirty Dancing, (laughs) is set to appear in... um, Uh, No. Wait. The dancing movie. Oh, wait, flash dance. Oh, Jennifer- flash dance. Uh, yes, 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 you're right. Yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um now I need to go check. But yeah, you I think you're right. Uh, anyway, Jennifer Beals is going to be in the Disney Plus show book of Boba Fett, and that's actually ne- what, next week. Yes. Uh she's playing a Twilek.
0: Next week. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, we just got out we just got away from Hawkeye and now we're getting some Star Wars stuff. This is great. Lovely. And I'm I'm not even saying that facetiously, but because <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious about what this, what the shows uh, was going to happen in the show. Uh, in an interview with Variety, Beals explains: I mean, I knew about the character, but this is how good they are about at the lockdown of secrets. Uh, even when I first stepped into the set, uh, I didn't realize I was in the book of Boba Fett. I just knew that I was going to be uh, a part of this story. So, and she goes on to like hint a few details about. What are possibilities uh, of for character, uh, possibilities that our characters have? Her character has, but um, that's about it. Uh, we'll find out when we see it. And like I said, December 29th, That's when this show
0: uh, happens. Next. Yeah, I can confirm that Jennifer Beals is in Flashdance. It so was Flashdance. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's of... I was like, I, I looked it up just to confirm my thoughts. Right. And I was like. Oh, I think you're thinking of Jennifer Grey.
1: Yeah, because I oh, I have done that before, like confused, confused too, and I know better because I've seen, seen both movies in you know in different contexts, uh, you know. So, but, but yes, uh, Jennifer Beals of Flashdance fame. There you go.
0: There it is. All right. Uh, next up, Mark Hamill celebrated the one year anniversary of his grand return to the role of Luke Skywalker in the season two finale of the Disney Plus Star Wars series, The Mandalorian quote, happy anniversary to the return of Luke on uh, The Mandalorian. Quote, Hamill tweeted in response to a fan similarly celebrating the occasion. He says, I'd like to thank my double Max Lloyd-Jones, who did a great job, despite being clearly too handsome for the part. Ha ha.
1: Missed opportunities that should have used Sebastian Stan. Yes. (laughs) Um... But yeah, that that's I can't believe it's been a year since that happened. That's kinda it's, it's, it's we've thing.
0: all we've made we've made this joke over and over again during these pandemic times. Our sense of time has completely gone to crap. So this is true.
1: This is true. And there's that featurette. Oh yeah, and there's that featurette that I meant to put into the show notes, which you will guys will see when you see the show notes. Anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy's uh James Gunn releases twenty twenty-one awesome mix. Um so, yeah, uh, as he's done uh, within the last uh, last couple of movies, uh, James Gunn took to social media with a playlist of his most listened to tunes of the year. Uh, the smash success of the original Guardian guardians soundtrack made Gunn some sort of a pop music expert. I don't know who did say that. But um but hey, there's been some good music in those movies, so I can't really, you know. Um Peter's awesome mix is also mixed as a mix of seventies and eighties staples gifted to him by his well, da, 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 da. we already know what that is. Uh in the in the parlance of guardians films. Um but basically, you can go to this article and find the link to this year's awesome link. And I got an awesome mix, and there is... Or you can just scroll down and see what was on the the uh, thing uh, on the list. I know a lot of music is older than a lot of you folks probably listening and or watching. Right. Um, and I think... Uh, let's see. I thought there was... A, yeah, so I can't remember. We knew this already, but just to iterate, uh, uh, goddess of the Galaxy Volume 3 is due to hit... Theater is May 5th of 2023. And I could have sworn that I saw an article say that that was with this, but it's not. So,
0: Mm. Anyway, next up. Next up, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige. God, why do we have to say that part? Just say Kevin Feige said... We don't.
1: don't. They just do. but they, (laughs) They put it at the beginning of every freaking article with him. And it's ridiculous.
0: Kevin Feige says... There are ideas for Eros slash Star Fox played by Harry Styles in the Marvel Cinematic Universe after his surprise spoiler cameo in Eternals. Yeah, in a red carpet
1: not, hopefully this isn't a spoiler for anybody at this point.
0: Right. In a red carpet interview for No Way Home, Feige was asked about Styles' appearance, and Feige explained there are a lot of Star Fox fans at Marvel Studios and quote, so as the MCU continues into the cosmic arena, there are ideas. Okay.
1: It was a curious uh, addition. We kind of figured it would it would happen, but <laughs> it was a curious addition. I'm um, not going to go into this because I've not seen this movie. But apparently, Spider-Man: No Way Home's end credits reveal, uh, revives a villain more powerful than Thanos. Next, <laughs> I have a suspect. I suspect. I think I might know who it is, but
0: I don't. So we're not. We're not. Yeah, it's. Fun. Alright, uh, last but not least in the cinematic news, John Wick 4 announced a delayed release this past week with a stylish video. So I actually got the text. All right? I did subscribe to the text oh, yeah. from John Wick uh, accounts uh, and I got a copy of the uh, the stylish video link uh, in my text. And I had to look at it and I was like, is this spam? And then I realized, oh no, this is the John Wick account. <laughs> right. So John Wick Chapter 4 will no longer see a 2022 release date the highly anticipated entry has been delayed once again to early 2023. So, uh, franchise owner Lionsgate made the announcement with a stylish video in true John Wick fashion. Okay.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Did you watch it?
0: Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah all uh... I all I needed was the uh, the the date, and they <laughs> they said that uh, they're, they're they're delaying until March 24, 2023. So that's still a while away.
1: Right. So, yeah, we shall see. I might, I might check it out though. Um, but yes, now we go into the comic book news. Um, Wonder Woman's, oh, I will say before we get into this, that, uh, solicitations for March, 2022 have come out and some of this news is coming from there. First off, Wonder Woman's world changes and DC's black label heats up and uh, March, 2022 solicitations. So I probably didn't have to say that first part, but I did deal with it um so yeah, there's some black label stuff some d c black label stuff uh we i think we kind of talked about this, but um there's a there, there's a wonder woman event uh the amazon's event that is coming, and yeah this week's um I forgot about this week's Nubia and the Amazons, which I didn't get a chance to read. Probably has some tie into that also, because I know the first couple of issues did. Uh, apparently, the crime Syndicate is going to try to murder Amanda Waller. There's going to be some Deathstroke Dahlia Ghul stuff, and there's a whole bunch of things going on. But the solicitations will be in the show notes, and you can check them out if you are into that kind of stuff. Next up... Next up,
0: uh, the article that Roddy Cat is showing everyone is a preview presented by CVR of AWA Studios' The Crimson Cage Number no. 1 by John Lees and Alex Cormack. This book is going to be released, It has been released already, It this says December 8th of 2021, so be on the lookout there.
1: Yeah, I think I think I pulled this for our our um, wrestling inclined folks who may or may not have uh, and horror, I guess, as this thing looks like uh, clo- who are out there. Uh, yeah. Naruto novels to be adapted into manga. Uh, so yes, there's going to be a, a manga adaptation for its for two of Naruto's uh, light novels. The official Twitter account for Naruto uh, announced. That two new manga for uh, Sasuke Retsuden, uh, the Uchiha Descendants, and the Heavenly Stardust, and uh, um, Konoha—I Konoha, can't remember how to pronounce that name. Excuse me, Shinden uh, Stream Ninja Scrolls would both release in 2022 for Shueisha's online magazines, Jump, Stream uh, Shonen Jump Plus. Uh, there were two illustrators brought in for the adaptation. Uh, who have previously worked uh, for uh, who has previously illustrated for psychopaths and uh, some other stuff uh, look out for that twenty twenty two next
0: next up so uh hot toys has put out uh, or is going to put out um Uh, a high-end action figure of Yelena Belova as she's depicted in the Black Widow movie which is a shame because um, I've actually come to really appreciate how she is portrayed in the Hawkeye series so it's a pretty you know but this is still a very good likeness of of, uh, Florence Pugh by Hot Toys and of course her vest has lots and lots of pockets it's a cool vest, right? Yes. Pre-orders are for $270. Hot Toys are not cheap and should ship about a year from now.
1: Yep. Uh, I'm not going to go through the full uh, thing, but there's some flipping through of uh, what it looks like. Yeah, Hot, does, do, Hot Toys do, does um, very detailed stuff, hence the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, which reminds me of this other... Uh, I got a the, uh, 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 note from... Uh, Big Bad Toy Store is about a Black Panther. Um, I don't know if you saw that a Black Panther figure that is coming out. It's like a hundred bucks. Oh, really? Yeah, and I want it, but that's a lot. Was it from? Huh? Was it from? Is it Hot Toys? Um, actually, I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't. That part I didn't see because I saw it in my email. Because you know how Hot Toys? I mean, uh, uh, Big Bad Toy Store will send you. Oh, right, 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 right. All right, the stuff. Right. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't catch that part. Uh, next
0: up, though, while you probably yeah i probably just believed it because uh i didn't want to be tempted
1: yeah i was i was two seconds from doing the exact same thing <laughs> but i didn't yet so i was like i'm still kind of uh, clarina hmm but anyway uh, Pre- uh prestige punisher series from Aaron and um as a set uh pronounce out. promises excuse me folks promises to reveal Frank Castle's uh, inescapable future. So basically, The Punisher is getting a 13-issue Prestige Punisher series uh, from Marvel. It's going to be written by Jason Aaron, illustrated by uh, Jesus Sayas and Paul um, Azaceta. It's going to debut in March, and it's going to explore Frank Castle's past, present, and future, with each um, artist uh, contributing to different stages of The Punisher's life. And I believe... This may be where we're going to see a new Punisher logo. Yep. So if you look down into the preview stuff, there's going to it's going to um, it's going, they're going to get rid of the old skull and get rid of, and give him a new one, basically, from what.
0: Probably, yeah. Probably temporarily for the series, because I think the premise of the series is that all of a sudden Frank Cast Frank Castle's uh, martial arts game gets you know gets up by like you know, exponentially.
1: Right. Because as we see from these preview photos, it's like there are some, definitely some ninjas. I don't know if that's actually the hand.
0: Right. Uh, I think the concept... I read up on this. I think the concept is that he ta- he becomes like a pawn of the beast, the head of the hand. Okay. And, you know, uh, you can't do that unless you are like a super-duper martial artist like, you know, Elektra and Daredevil level and beyond. Right. So, uh You know, while Frank is definitely no chump when it comes to martial arts, that's never been his forte. So this is, you know, this is uh, an evolution. And Aaron, you know, you have to give Aaron credit because he's got some connection to the Punisher character. He's worked on it before. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't know 100% if this is just a response to the whole, you know, uh, uh, appropriation of the Punisher skull logo, which is obviously iconic. But has come to be has come to rep- has come to be appropriated by other people to represent, you know, things that are not affiliated with the character. So um, it's you know, like you wonder if this is a response to that or if it's just really part of a story. So you know, it's not it's not uh, magic power punisher. I remember that.
1: It's not cosmic either. So and it's not Frankencastle.
0: Yes. So, thank goodness for that.
1: <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So that's next March. Well, you know, I I'm slightly curious about it, but at the same time, I'm not the biggest Punisher fan. So in the first place, but
0: we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I fluctuate. I definitely was a big Punisher fan in the 80s and 90s, just because I thought it was cool. You know, I was an 80s kid, right? Oh sure. well, yeah. So you know, I just thought it was you know just cool and just to see where it's gone. Eh, you know, we'll see where it goes. All right. Next up. Marvel just introduced a kaiju sized symbiote and sicked it on the Avengers. This is in this week's book um, of Tech On Avengers, the penultimate issue.
1: Mm-hmm. Which neither one of us read, so it was probably good that I put this right. in here.
0: Right. It's a tech on it's a you know, what's what's posted here is a preview of tech on Avengers number five. Mm. So it's actually a version of the symbiote supervillain scream, not venom. Right. And uh that is the character that is uh, at the heart of this particular issue. Uh, one of the antagonists, at least in this issue of Avengers Techon or Techon Avengers. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And th- that character kind of came in at the end of the last issue. So uh, Marvel's Eternals and Avengers are going to war with each other. So this is, um, uh, I guess this is, yeah, this is definitely coming out of the, what's uh, currently going on in the, the Eternals book. Yeah, it's been teased. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's written by Kieran Gillian and illustrated by Isaac Ribick. Uh Eternals 10 is slated to hit comic shops this March. Uh, according to Marvel, the issue sees the Eternals risk an all-out war with the Avengers, and a battle between the two superhero teams uh, seems in- inevitable. Um, seeing as how the Eternals plan on entering Avengers Mountain uninvited, they're, though their exact uh, motivations for doing so are unclear. Um, but yeah, if you've been keeping up with the Eternals, uh, like I think we kind of sort of have, you've seen this tease already. So, and it's going to happen in March next up.
0: All right. Uh, this is from the Marvel solicits March 2022 sees the release of X-Force annual number one written by Nadia Shamas with art by Raphael Pimentel. And, uh, this article links to a preview of this issue where, um, uh it looks like uh, something uh, major, as I said, the major dark ops X storyline. So there's, they've teased several X storylines that are going to be launching in the early part of 2022 and this being one of them.
1: Yeah, for the, I guess for the last couple of weeks we've been seeing the experts kind of depart from from the 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 last arc of their stuff and, and some ending to
0: uh, as we said to be uh, uh, right to start off new arcs, exactly. new story, you know, namely Excalibur sword, you know. um uh, anything else? Probably Marauders too is probably gonna be relaunched is,
1: also. Yeah, Marauders is coming back though. um Sword might not be uh, Sword coming back, but we don't know what Marauders is. In fact, there might be something in here about that. If not, uh, we talked about it last week, maybe. Anyway. Um AEW's Nyla Rose reveals new Marvel X Men project. Um so for those who read the last issue of uh, X Men Trial of Manito know that uh yeah, sure. yeah, no, uh that some oh, we, happened. The- we're not, yeah. We, we won't go into what exactly happened, but basically, coming out of that, um, we know that uh, a early killed mutant comes back <laughs> into the fray, and I know his brother is going to be very happy about that. Um, but uh, apparently, giant size X Men Thunderbird number one will be written by Nyla Rose, who will be making her Marvel Comics uh, writing debut, and Steve Orlando, um, and it will be illustrated by artist David Cutler. The project will deal will deal with Thunderbird's return and the very different world he steps into. And it's set to hit uh next April. So obviously there will be uh John Proudstar proud the Proudstar coming back uh to a world very different from the one he left it uh from it. Well, different and not so different, I guess you could say. Next up. I don't know who's the of Roses, also. I mean, wrestler, I get that part, but sure. Next up, anyway.
0: Uh, uh, Yeah, Rose became the first openly transgender wrestler in history to sign with a major American promotion when signing with AEW. Oh,
1: right. Uh, Okay.
0: I'm looking to see why. I'm going to presume that Rose is... Oh, yes she is native and african-american with her native side being of oneida heritage trying to figure out why uh uh why rose would be writing uh thunderbolt yeah i kind so, of
1: figured that part was the case because like they've been kind of doing that Lamar has been kind of doing that lately is you know getting
0: uh i just had to double check though so I yeah i know little, i
1: know no and that's good you did because yeah <laughs> i have no idea who this person was in the first place same 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 okay
0: Alright, uh, right. Marvel announces an Elektra story, really, from TMNT's Kevin Eastman. Mm. You know, we know that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird based the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book off of uh, the Frank Miller Daredevil stuff. And it's interesting to see that, uh, you know, Eastman is, you know, has been confirmed that he's going to get to play in the Daredevil sandbox. So... In the solicitations for March 2022, uh, uh, in Electra, Black, White, and Blood, Eastman is going to put a contribute an, an Electra story. Okay. All right. So this is the fourth issue of the series. and It's going to feature a story written and drawn by Kevin Eastman. Okay. Right.
1: Um, it's curious they have been doing this because I think they did one for Dead, the Deadpool and Wolverine. Have they not? This Black, White, and Blood books. Yes. I don't know if they're connected with each other, but I assume that it's definitely a thing, so...
0: Well, it's a thing with these bloody characters, ha ha ha. Yeah, right, so...
1: Next up, though, uh, DC Comics icon Jim Lee celebrates Ultraman with New Sketch. Um, so, yeah, Jim Lee took to his Twitter account to share one of uh, his take on one of the biggest superheroes of Japan, Ultraman, who who uh, continues to receive new projects in both of the world of anime and live action, and also comic books, which this article did not uh, mention because Marvel's got the Ultraman license. Um, And you could see. um, Apparently yeah, he's been doing other stuff like uh, Dragon Ball's uh, Goku, One Punch Man, Saitama, uh my hero academia's all might and berserk's guts which i missed those i would uh, i'm going to have to go check his uh twitter account and see and check those out but yeah if you're watching the video version of this program you can see uh jim lee's take on ultraman which as you would expect from jim lee looked great <laughs> says uh captions here one of my favorite shows growing up second attempt at capturing the thrill of ultraman uh Specium ray ultra blast hashtags
0: so cool Next up. Next up. So, uh, in the March Solicits, we find out that is when we're going to get the conclusion of the Beyond storyline in Spider-Man, in Amazing Spider-Man. And we're going to get um, Peter Parker looking to take back the mantle from Ben Riley, And what Marvel is saying is that what Marvel says? Is that you quote may surprise yourself with who you're rooting for unquote. Now I won't be surprised. I will definitely not be. <laughs> I, I know who I'm rooting for. So come on, Marvel. Let's let, let, let's let's not besmirch the, uh, the, the 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 original Spider-Man anymore, okay? Please. So
1: this basically denotes that okay, Peter's going to do some fuck shit when he get when he gets out of the hospital. That's what it makes it sound like. Mm-hmm. I'm like I hope they. I hope that's not the
0: case. <laughs> More like, you know what it is, more like they're going to try to make Ben Riley as sympathetic as possible. Sure. And they want us to root for him to try to, you know, find his own life and find, you know, just just kind of reform himself and his character image. That's what I think is going to happen. Possibly. So that, that's that, that's my suspicion.
1: Here's my idea. Scrap them both, give the miles, done. Don't scrap. I mean, don't don't kill off Peter. I'm just saying, let Peter do his thing. But saying, make make Miles the main Spider-Man.
0: Get rid of Ben. Done. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, eventually that's going to happen in the MCU. The, whether or not it happens in the comics, is, it, it remains to be seen.
1: Yeah. So. Um, Hulk and Thor are going to war and Marvel crossover event. Uh, Marvel Comics is celebrating the 60th anniversary of Hulk and Thor with a new crossover event. Danny Cates is currently writing the adventures of the Jade Giants and God of the, that's right. He is still doing Thor mm-hmm. in their respective solo uh, comics. But in April, they will collide in Hulk vs. Thor banner of war. Ha 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 ha. A five part crossover feature uh, beginning in Hulk vs. Thor banner one, uh, banner of war alpha number one. Uh, from there, the story will continue in Hulk and Thor's solo titles running throughout May and June. Uh, artist Martin Cocolo will illustrate each chapter with uh, covers from the legendary artist Gary Frank. The publisher promises the crossover will have a shocking impact on both Hulk and Thor's futures going forward.
0: Thoughts? Uh, I'm glad that it's not. What's his name? Von art. Oh.
1: <laughs> Your fave, <laughs> yeah, Ryan Otley
0: Glad Oh, okay.
1: Not. No, I was thinking of somebody else. Okay,
0: no, no. Oh, oh Greg Land. Oh, God. <laughs> Sweet, holy. Oh, on. Sweet, holy. Baby. You know, like in, you know, in honor of Christmas, on you know, around the corner. Sweet, holy baby Jesus. Thank God it's not Greg Land. Indeed. Um But yeah, you know, it's funny mm-hmm. that you know you you bring up that Keith is writing both books.
1: Yeah, right. Because I knew we just because we just talked about Hulk last week, and 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 I totally forgot he was still he was uh he was writing Thor, which I don't think I've read any of. Now that I think about,
0: so right. And shout out to our co-host Tim Dog ninety eight, who wrote this article that LottieCat told about Hulk and Thor. Mm-hmm. Next up, though, All right. Next up, celebrate the Wily, really the Wily women of Marvel this March. So the Women of Marvel will return for another star-spotted spotlight of some of Marvel's greatest heroes. So uh, this March, for Women of Marvel number one will continue the tradition of highlighting Marvel's female heroes in an all-new collection of tales crafted by a lineup of incredible female creators. Okay. So uh, yeah, there's some interesting stories that are detailed here. So uh, if you're into this particular celebration of women at Marvel make sure to pick this up indeed
1: Uh, the extra large Buffy the Vampire Slayer 25th anniversary special arrives in March Um, all style creators will celebrate the Buffy the Vampire Slayer 25th anniversary and there will be featured uh, brand new stories and shocking prologue to a new Buffyverse series uh, and that's coming from Boom Studios, and it'll be uh, a special oversized one-shot issue, uh, and that will be March 2022.
0: Next up, next up, Stranger Things: Kamchatka tells brand new horror story from Dark Horse Comics. So Screen Rant has an exclusive announcement and a special preview for Strange Stranger Things: Kamchatka, the newest exciting mini-series from Dark Horse. The shocking new chapter of the Stranger Things Universe will be set in Mother Russia and involves a mystery that can only be solved by the children of a scientist that, who has strangely disappeared. Okay. Have you this ever... edition of Stranger Things Universe is the latest comic book based expansion of the Netflix franchise.
1: Have you ever eaten reindeer? Huh. Ah, <laughs> it's it's chewy. It's <laughs> chewy. <laughs> exactly. Last but not least, um, in news that slightly surprised me, but I'm, I shouldn't be surprised at this point. Dark Horse Comics and all assets have been sold to Embracer Group. Because if, uh, if you've been around the video game landscape, you know that Embracer Group has been buying up a lot of uh, properties. And now they're going into comic books, apparently. Uh, As it says here... Uh, Embracer is a Swedish video game holding company and the parent of uh, Asmodee, THQ Nordic, Gearbox, decca Games, uh, Koch Media, Saber Interactive, Interactive and more. Uh, the price Embracer is paying for Dark Horse wasn't disclosed, but Dark Horse, fi- Dark Horse founder and CEO Mike Richardson will remain on board to manage the company. Uh, which I can't remember. I feel like they've been trying to look for people to buy them for a good minute. I, I'm, I'm not. Hm? I think so. Yeah. So the fact that this embracer group, who, as I said, have been buying up a lot of video game uh, uh, development properties, you would think is a weird mix, but not really. So, their embracer will own us all at some point. They'll be the next Amazon, for all we know. Oh, really? nah i don't know i mean that's been a joke for the last like years or because like i said all those companies that I just named and there's more that they've been just buying up in the video game front like how long will it be before they start going in other avenues and this is apparently uh them doing that
0: okay yeah well you know what i'm gonna say is i know that uh at matt wang 97 had some thoughts on this and he wanted to uh uh, talk about this. Unfortunately, I'm a little uh, tied up with the holiday stuff. But maybe after the holidays, we'll have a chance to chat about it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, I would love to hear his thoughts on this. Um, so, yeah. Well, hopefully, we will we will, uh, we will get that done in some kind of way, shape, or form. Uh, we haven't had Matt on the show for a minute, so that'll be good.
0: Uh, that being said, though... I yeah, us um, say what we what has to share may not be for public consumption, mm, but... Got it. At the end of the day... It would be, you know, a little bit of insight into some of the uh, happenings.
1: Right. I mean, you could, he could probably have a corporate version, <laughs> a quote-unquote corporate version for right. the show if he's on the show, and then tell us, tell us the dirt later if there is any dirt. I don't know what what he's going to say, but you know. Um, but regardless, it's, this is interesting that has happened. So, because like I said, it's it's curious in a lot of reasons. Like, I feel like. Embrace is going to be buying up a whole lot of properties and then Tencent buys them. If you because Tencent also has been in a in a buying game for this in this last year or two or ten. Got it. So, but anyway, we have come to the end of another episode of this Here Come Book Chronicles. Uh, before we get to that, actually, before we get to that to the end, let me do a quick toy corner, which nice. is, which I'm springing up on. It's not necessarily a toy, but um, close enough. I may have talked about this. Let me get my shot. Because uh, I'm not giving away my shot. boom. All right, folks. Um, you may or may not be having to see the. Oh, uh, crap. Yeah, you probably won't be able to see this. There we go. So, it's a book um friday foster the the Sunday strips if you did not know friday foster is a black exploitation movie from the 70s starring black uh sorry starring pam greer uh they did um uh apparently they did uh newspaper strips sunday in the sunday papers back then or at some point um and uh yeah i got my copy of it right here so along with my um I think I got the Spider-Man newspaper strip somewhere around here, probably back there somewhere. I to find it. But yeah, this is a this is a book of the all of the Sunday comic strip for for Friday Foster. As a as a fan of black movies, um, in a sense, this was something I was like, I had to have this. So, there you go. That's pretty much that though. Um, so, it's got a new book smell. I love that new book smell. <sighs> Uh, And unfortunately, I can't show it because I don't want to turn off my, um, my virtual background because it's a holy hell mess back here. One day, folks, one day. Oh, no. um, Yeah. One day this office will be pristine and I will not need a virtual background anymore. Uh, but that being said, we will go into the, our last Ed Reed of the night.
0: Our last ad read of the night, and you know what it is when when we're trying to uh, log off. It's been a long night. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, Marvel Legends, or just Christmas presents that are going to be late, because you are late at this point. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. Uh Uh-oh, I need to get my sound effects up. That helps us keep the Combo Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Remember, it's through CSPN.us. Do it today.
1: And, folks, we'd like to thank each and and one of you for coming out. Uh, as we are ending this program, it is now Christmas Eve. So you should get out there and, I don't know, watch uh, Spider-Man, watch uh, Matrix uh, Re- Resurrections, uh, which we did not get to talk about this week because uh, neither one of us watched it. No, I watched No, it. you watched it. Sorry. H seven watched it. I did not. So we might kind of touch upon that next week. We'll see. Um, oh. What's up, So. I said, whoa. <laughs> but since it is Christmas Eve, the one thing you should do, or the two things you should do, is definitely watch across Charlie Brown Christmas special and the like. I think the, Gr- the Grinch probably came on, but definitely the greatest Christmas movie ever, Die Hard.
0: Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs>
1: I, joke, I joke with somebody about that all the time, they like, would you stop, please? I'm like,
0: no. I will never. I'm <laughs> to. We'll get together and have a few laughs. Of course. Exactly. I mean, so you know. I have- in rotation for me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You could also, Spider- I mean,
1: yeah, Batman 89. You could probably, you know, also, you know, you know throw throw that into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but that's not, I don't think it was any. I mean, there's that one part where they talk about the Christmas song. I mean, they were, where he's singing a Christmas song. But, hey, you know, you can work the angles the way you can. Regardless... Um, we will be back next week. And I have been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Need on Twitter. You can find uh, and you can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. Pop PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. Popculturenet on Twitter. popculturenetwork.com and all these umbrella sites therein. And of course, the Osiris ish Tim D O G G 9 8 on Twitter. You can also find him at CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account. You can find him at uh, The Click Nation on Twitter. That's V-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N all one word. You can also find him at comicbook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. <laughs> You can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast for a place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. <laughs> Uh, you can find us here every Thursday night, most Thursday nights, except for when we've protocol is happening. Uh, Thursday nights, 9 30 ish p.m. We had a little snag earlier tonight, so that's why we were a little late, but that's never really stopped us before. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can find us recording live on uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Nation and twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> And again, we'll be back next week. It'll be the day before the the, the day before uh, New Year's Eve and uh, most likely you know, like I said, at the very least, Matrix will be talked about. Um, hopefully I'll get to see Spider-Man before then. We shall see. But regardless...
0: Book um, of Boba well. Huh? Book of Boba Fett as well. Yes,
1: Book, Book of Boba Fett. That's absolutely... Um, I feel like there's something else I'm missing, but I'm not, I'm not sure what it is uh, at this point. Regardless... Next week, last show of the year, Um, we will talk about, we would not be talking about uh, year-end deliberations, but we will probably start getting those off the crown, hopefully, Mm -hmm. uh, before uh, the the show after that. But that being the case, uh, this has been the Cumber Chronicles. Have a Merry Christmas. Uh, Love one another. Be safe out there. Peace
0: peace. One Merry Christmas to all. As Radicat said, please be safe. Uh, It's time to start masking up for real indoors, wherever you are. Uh, You may want to invest in some KN95s or N95s or or, uh, I forget what the uh, the, the Korean version is, but at the end of the day the more hardier Um, masks I think will serve you uh, well or layering up with the surgical and cloth masks because it's important to stay safe as these um, uh, pandemic numbers get a little bit harder to deal with and uh, testing still isn't what it needs to be but at the end of the day testing uh, only is one aspect of keeping everybody safe and healthy so with that uh, we leave you
1: up. My time is up,
0: peace out to Brooklyn. Peace.